Hey everybody, welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast. What are we up to, Neil? Number 32? 32, buddy. Yep, 32. We're cranking these things out twice a week. I guess. We're trying to take advantage of the fact that you're all stuck at home and provide plenty of content for your eager ear holes. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Sure. So anyway, I'm Tom, I'm Tom Trom. I'm sure you know that by now. Liverpool Neil speaking in the background there. Yes. And uh, as usual, you can rate, write your hate mail to punktillidie77 at gmail.com or send us a message on punktillidie podcast on Facebook. It's actually punktillidie77 on Facebook. I found that out when I was trying Is to it? find the address for Stitcher. Yeah. Sure and that? and that's big. Yeah, I am. And that's big news, I don't know, too. Just Google it. It'll so, be fine. Yeah. And we're on Stitcher now, too. So. Ah, yes. iTunes, a, Spotify, Stitcher. Breaks. Yeah, we're getting big. Big, baby. Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, you've been hearing a lot of the two of us just rambling on our four-part <laughs> series that we were working through. You mean reminiscing, so we're, we're, I think. We're going to get back to guests to give you a little bit of a break from, from all that prattling on. So today we have with us a local guy who's local to me, and he's best known as the bass player for Musterplug, even though he's got a lot of gigs and we'll try to get into most of them. So say I'm going to say hello to – boy, this is – I'm doing this really poorly. <laughs> like if I were a – Were you drinking a, today, Tom? I love drinking. Like I, don't think, I don't think Conan O'Brien's going to scoop me up as, a, as an announcer guy, huh? But anyway, hey, Rick – this is Rick, Rick Johnson. Guest today from Mustard Plug. How you doing, Rick? I, I mean, I would have noticed if you uh, hadn't said anything. It was false. Listen, man, we're completely transparent around here. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Right, right. I've explained cool. in great detail that I'm laying on this giant pile of pillows that my wife has artfully arranged on our bed right now. Hey, you were supposed That's to put awesome. up a picture of that. You were supposed to put a picture of that on Facebook. Yes, there will be a picture of the Pillow Fortress of Solitude. Unfortunately, my wife has repainted the bedroom like a light shade of pink, and I think I'm oh, going good to Lord. catch hell That's when people awesome. see this. But yeah, I'm, right. doing, Listen, I, I'm doing this from my girlfriend's home, current home office, there you which go. she refers to as her dorm room. Because, uh, hey, how, how old is your girlfriend there, buddy? <laughs> Uh, she is. Uh, 30, She's a freshman in college. Thirty. So I just. Yes. So if I'm not mistaken, Rick, I think because you, your like bio in Discogs is very thorough. Did you just turn forty? Uh, yeah. What's like a couple days ago? Twenty second. Yes. It's four days ago. Yeah. On the 18th. well, happy birthday, man! Welcome Thank to the you. club, my Thank club, you. not Neil's club. He's yeah. in a whole different club. Yeah, yeah I passed that was... fucking decades ago. <laughs> it was. Uh, this is not how I expected this to go down. it's kind of cool i turned 40 in a global pandemic yeah yeah well yeah no kidding well my so so i'm i'm well into my 40s right and my son i'm i got a birthday coming up but who cares right i don't think 47th birthday is anything to really get super excited about but my oldest son is going to turn 21 oh wow in this in this pandemic and i'm sort of bombing for him but oh well he'll be all right yeah i mean There'll there'll be many opportunities so so, so let's start out by talking, if you don't mind, a little bit of yeah. mustard plug stuff, just because. Um, well, let's let let's go, let's go even earlier than that. Let's. I mean, maybe that wasn't the first band he was in, right? Or how did you get turned on to being in a band and stuff? Well, <clears throat> holy cow, we're going back to like embryonic <laughs> stages. It's, it's like spinal well, tap. Okay. It's like spinal tap. Were, <laughs> what did you, What did you weigh when you were born? Right? Uh, like a lot, I think. <laughs> I mean, if we want to call my mom right now, I think it was shockingly a lot. I was a big baby. Uh, but no, like, so I grew up in the, basically my formative years were in the early 90s. And I think like a lot of kids, like because of the grunge boom and then the punk boom, 
it, the idea of becoming a band seemed very accessible to mm-hmm. the youth. And, uh, you know, like me, it, where I grew up in Muskegon, Michigan, there wasn't a lot to do. So my friends and I would just start band, you know. And so the first band I was really in was this band called Whack Trucks. We're still a band technically. Uh, and we toured a lot. And basically everything I've done has blossomed from that band. Like the reason I'm in Mustard Plug is Mustard Plug and that band played a lot of shows together. What was the name of that band? Uh, it's called Whack Trucks. So it's like so, Mac that... Trucks, but like Whack. This oh. that's that's a name that you get when you are 14. Oh, okay. <laughs> name a band and keep it, you know, for yeah. 20 some years. I, I, can, uh, I can sort of relate to that. Like when you pick your punk name when you're like. 15 and it's you think man tom trauma is the greatest punk name and then you're like a 47 year old guy and you're like yeah it's not that great anymore but <laughs> it could be worse <laughs> <laughs> it's got alliteration what else you want right yeah. right uh, so yeah so, that, that's how that started you know, so wait like, how long so what year did you actually start playing bass for muster plug i don't know like mid 2000s i'm very bad with time so like 15 <laughs> years so it's been like 15 years probably maybe longer it. i don't know Okay, wow. this is this is going well. Yeah, <laughs> Do you yeah, want me to look it up? So like, <laughs> I think I was 24, 25. So that would have been 2004, 2005. Based on our earlier math, you just turned 40. So yeah, that would that would be that would work out. Yeah, it would work out. Yeah. And like I didn't try out or anything. They just were just looking for somebody and So must have Yeah, like the bass player before me joined that uh uh Guy, Uncle Cracker in Uncle Cracker's band. Oh dear, is so that true? Yeah. <laughs> dear, wow. Dear. You, know who, you know who that is, Neil, or probably not. Uh, I think I do. Yeah. He's a Detroit guy who yeah, was like one of Kid Rock's Beach. cronies, and I mean, he had a couple hits. I mean, oh, that's. I it. mean, yeah, it's nothing you want to listen to. But no. I mean... But yeah, that's a that's a thing that happened. Wow. The, talk about you know your six degrees of of separation you're only like three degrees from kid rock that's not fucking boast about that all right that's, that's something you want to keep under your hat nobody's boasting we're just sort of in awe He's yeah, I, have like, I have like a road case that says uncle cracker that i covered the uncle cracker part up with stickers like it just says cracker yeah <laughs> the k yeah so yeah, huh, that, yeah like that's, yeah i just joined and then it took a while like they were transitioning out of a drummer uh, and then me and this other guy, John, who played drums in this band, North Lincoln, if you're familiar with I them. I North Lincoln, yep. Yeah, uh, we're the rhythm section for like a year. And then okay. we got the drummer that we have now. So, Oh, so he's been around for a long time, too. So, yeah. So the band started in 91, the year I graduated high school. I think that Dave and Colin are maybe a year or two older than I am. They're real close to my age. Who's Dave and Colin? Um, they're the main. I'm uh, almost 47. I think they're like mid fifties now. So. No, yeah, really? They, they somehow they got. The wow, they look great. Yeah, they, they got look... the scoff of youth. Somehow. <laughs> well, either way, either way, um, they started in ninety one. Yeah, and so they and I think they're the only two. I mean, I don't think any of the horn players have made it that long, have no, they? No, but the two horn players have been in it a really long, like maybe like five years in okay. from the beginning. So, yeah. They're they're both essentially original. Like so, from what I've understood, the original crew of horn people was just like randoms. Oh, like, they, okay. Yeah, whoever they could get, and then like the first original original horn crew uh, were maybe like in it for like a week. You know, it was just like that was like ah. the revolving 
or for a really long time. Hmm. That's kids who were in band in high school, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, well, you the know, pro- I mean, the you... problems of the ska band is that all the horns come from the failed high school band people. For those <laughs> well, the fact of the matter is, they can probably learn quick too. Those failed band or those band people, you know, I, I like us know. rock and roll people are not that bright at picking stuff up. Usually. <laughs> I don't know. I've dealt with enough failed band people to know that like, <laughs> there's usually a reason they failed band. That's great. Well, let let me ask you, let me ask you one more kind of sweeping muster plug question, and then we'll play a song. And 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 because I know we're muster plug's not really. I mean, they're a real active band. They play all over. Actually, two more muster plug questions. I've got one too. So that makes three. Three. Okay, three. Oh, I forget it. We're gonna spend an hour just. (laughs) And mine's angry. I've got an angry muster plug question. (laughs) (laughs) So so you've toured. How tell tell me the extent of your touring since you've been in the band. I know they don't tour, or you don't tour as much as they did, kind of in their maybe mid like late nineties heyday. But where have you been in muster plug? Like what countries? Yeah, I mean, mean, uh, where have you? What's the extent of touring? So I've been to Japan, Australia, England, Europe. With mustard plug, wow, um, and then most mostly do a lap around the U.S. a year, like a year. Yeah. It's a lot of fly dates now. Like it's not like a six week van tour anymore. Um, so it happens because everybody guys are in their fifties, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, and different. everybody has everybody for the most part has kids and whatnot. So yeah. uh, it's hard to you know dry do the bullshit cities in between Denver. <laughs> to get yeah well besides chicago obviously but yeah. like it's hard to do those cities for a week uh when you can just fly to denver and then fly to california after that you know so so the other the other question i, I have about this because i i've been doing I, I write for various people and do whatever you know i have a job i have a regular job that pays my bills and i just do other stuff for fun but i've been writing a lot about third wave ska stuff lately okay and i matter, matter of fact talked to dave about some stuff and nice. uh, and because the Suicide Machines record's coming out, and that's kind of like the focal point of this third wave ska nostalgia that's kind of being pushed. Have you right. noticed? Have you noticed? Have you felt the surge? I mean, are you feeling this third wave <laughs> nostalgia? That's, that's kind of a rude question, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I well, no, I'm not feeling the surge. I mean, maybe people a are surge? listening to it more. But the problem is, well, what about like, the live no shows? Young, I mean, is it a little bit maybe? Um, but there's no like new bands, you know, besides like kind of the cat bite, um, or yeah. like, kill, like those bands. Well, I, mean, I think there was two, two I, new bands, my friend, I think, past, like, I think you're missing the biggest one, who's which that? is Tim Armstrong's uh, folks, the interrupters, right? Uh, those oh, guys are yeah, fucking huge. Kind of yeah. Well, band. no, it is definitely, but I'm saying, you know, if, if you want a ska band that's breaking big, it's them. Those guys are enormous see see i've heard that yeah, there's but a they, i don't think they count because like they're uh fake punk and ska. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have horns well they, they opened up like two mustard plug shows they opened up for mustard plug at gilman street they're like the first is that of, right like, oh that's yeah like the it's an insane flyer where it's like interrupters opening uh, Dan Pothas from Dan Pothas, ME330 and Sharknoid and whatnot. Yep. Uh, this other band I was in called Bomb the Music Industry also played. And, uh, and then the Bomb Buster Plug. Man, see, I saw that in my research and I forgot. <laughs> I'm like, I, neither I and I are, Neil and I are a little too old. We neither of us get the Bomb, bomb the Music Industry. Just no. doesn't, yeah, just you, doesn't, had to, doesn't you had to see anything. it. You had I mean, to see I, it. I don't dislike it. And I think, uh, what's the main guy, Jeff? Uh, 
Jeff Rosenstein. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a really good, sincere guy. I don't have anything against him. It's just his music just doesn't. It just doesn't doesn't strike me. You know, you know. But yeah, that's all right. I, I think it, it's it, all. Happening. It misses like older people don't get it. What the yeah, hell does I, that mean? <laughs> but it's true, Neil. You know, like this. It's rude. It's everybody rude. thinks the everybody thinks that Pup is like the second coming of Clash, and I just the, couldn't give a crap about him. You know, it's right? just, it is what it is. Same thing, like. It's one of those things where, like, I feel like, um, for example, like that band Streetlight Manifesto, um, Mm -hmm. I worked for them. And before I started working for them, I didn't get it. And then I saw eight shows in a row and I was like, oh, I get it. I feel like if Mm -hmm. you were to, like, be forced to, like, (laughs) witness Jeff, you'd be like, oh, this is my this is my favorite thing I've ever seen. You I've know? heard that uh, Bomb the Music Industry was just awesome. a tremendous live band. I just... Oh, no, we were very bad. <laughs> <laughs> it what, was, did you, uh, what did you do? Did you play bass for them, too? I played bass. Okay. Yeah, so, like, that was a collective um, of people. So, basically, it was Jeff and whoever he could get. And how I ended up joining that was he... And I were gonna go on a tour, like like my solo band was gonna solo thing was gonna go on a tour with Bomb the Music Industry. And like two weeks prior to that, he calls me. Is like the entire band can't go on this tour. They all quit. I gotta cancel the tour. I was like, oh no! Like I just placed like an eight hundred dollar t shirt order. <laughs> I was like, oh uh, no 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 no! Like learned a bunch of songs really quick. Yeah, I'm gonna learn all these songs. It will be you and I and an iPod, and then. We'll just do the tour. He was like, "All right, let's do it." Did you say your soul band? Solo. Oh, solo. solo. I thought you said soul. I was like, "That's interesting." Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I played a soul band. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. So, oh, can I ask my question? Go now? ahead, Neil. You got, I know you got a muscle question. Yes. Okay. I I, I it's got an a couple. angry. Every everything you do is angry, Neil. <laughs> everything you do is angry. Uh, I don't seem that angry. I'm, I'm waiting for the anger to happen. <laughs> Insult Morrissey well, once. So yeah, yeah. Then you never started. <laughs> so are you, you're a big Morrissey fan. Hell yeah, oh, biggest. But um, <laughs> so when they got you to get into Mustard Plug, yeah. were you were you into ska or was that just you, the, uh, the 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 opportunity was just too good too good to pass up? <laughs> well, no, like so, like I like ska. Um, however, I like kind of the weird weirder bands of ska. We'll say like what? Like I'm not. Li- uh, there's that band, the Blue Meanies. I don't know if you've ever heard them. Yes. Um, wow. Yeah, and then this band from Detroit called Gangster Fun. Oh yeah. I really like, uh, which is like the band responsible for the Suicide Machines. Yep. Um, uh, and Operation and then, Ivy. Everybody, Operation Ivy is pretty much. Yeah, I mean that's basically when you bought a studded belt, they gave you a copy of that record of <laughs> Energy. Uh, but like, so like, I was more. Like, I come from, like, a rock and roll, punk rock world, and, like, ska was a thing that, like, was introduced to me, but, like, I don't really, I'm not that into, like, Real Big Fish or most third wave ska bands. Well, you, yeah, you shouldn't be. That would be awful. <laughs> um, so, but, okay, so, so, you're talking third wave. So, yeah. how about the second wave? I mean, do any of the guys oh, ever God. even like, talk about, those... ever talk about that? Like Monster Punk people, yeah, like the specials Everybody and the selector loves the specials, the selector, English Beat, uh, Bad Manners, like all that stuff is very big influences to Monster Punk. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, I mean, you have to realize that like they started in a time when, like, it was pre Third Wave. You know, the bands that were influencing them were like Bim Scala Bim, Gangster Fun, 
the toast really days. the third wave didn't get into full swing till around late 90s and they're from the early early 90s deal so like it's yeah and they've just ridden the whole they got they're lumped they're a third wave muster punk is a third wave ska band but they're not uh i think roots may be a little more second wave leaning than you would think okay because i listened in 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 uh to get ready for this podcast today, I actually did listen to the first Mustard Plug album, and I, I don't... Big Daddy, I, Big Daddy I, Multitude? Uh, or the I, well, if, I don't... You know what? It's the, it's the one that's on iTunes. It's the one from, like, 92 or whatever that one is. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't hear any any real second wave or even first wave in there at all. Oh, it yeah. almost just... It almost seemed just, like, more like pop punk with horns and lots of upstrokes. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, seriously, I'm seriously... I think I'm there's not... something to that. I think there's I something that. to that, and I don't think they would be insulted by you saying that. Okay, good. Yeah. I would also agree with Tom there, um, but like, but if you the, ask Dave and Colin, like that's that's their shit, you know? Yeah. Like they're into the second wave. I mean, Dave's also into the first wave. Yeah. Um, and like the third wave just kind of melded around them, and then I think they just through persistence made it, and you know are still going. Well, so yeah, because most most of their contemporaries at some point gave up the ghost, and they have you know, been going literally for almost 30 years straight through and there's still a tremendous local draw and they're still, uh, you know, they still get, seem to get some really cool, those really cool opening gigs that you always hope for when the big bands come through town, you know? Yeah. So as a follow-up to that, I was going to say, so you say you toured England, like how did it go down there? Like if you had a lot of like original skins and two-tone folks, I mean, how do you, how do you go down with those guys? They're all uh, old and retired, Neil. They don't even freaking leave the house anymore. What do you think? Well, they'll go to, so they'll the, go to ska shows because there aren't many. <laughs> so the first, first tour that I did over there in England with Mustard Plug, there wasn't that many original skins at those shows. Like, I think they're like the band that, like, it was like 2007, maybe, the first time I went over there with them. Mm-hmm. Like, those, those, that crew was not having it, not having Mustard Plug. Okay, that's what uh, I was wondering. If the, that was yeah. The time after that, there was a lot more, okay. and like subsequently, more and more, more of those people are showing up to shows. And it's I think it's solely because we're now lumped in with every. There's so few ska bands that like if you're a ska fan, you're going to that show. You're riding your scooter to that show. That's true. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, I like, kind of feel, so I, I, I kind of feel that we've talked about that, Neil. How like I, I'll go to every punk show in town, even like like I was going to go see Any Flag. I'm not really a big Any Flag fan, but the fact of the matter is, I go see every punk show in town. I want them to keep booking punk shows. You know, gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. all right. Um, I mean, no, but, no, no skinhead fights. I've no, never seen a skinhead no? fight at a show. What? It, it, at a muster punk show? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to put a stop a to that. Skin, I've seen a skinhead fight. Uh, at other shows uh, like I think like the first punk show I went to in Muskegon there was this place called the Ice Pick oh which was the like, Ice Pick oh yes which was like uh, Neil, Legendary have you ever, Neil or Tom have you ever been to Gilman Street no, have either no. of you okay so Gilman Street you know that famous East yep. Bay uh, and it's like a collective run there yep. are rules yep. spray painted everywhere <laughs> yeah I'll say the Ice Pick wasn't that the Ice Pick was <laughs> Like Gilman Street, but no rules. Like, if you want to smoke crack in the bathroom, smoke crack in there the was, bathroom. That's not true, Rick. There was one rule. Oh, no. Okay, no, no glass. glass. No glass. No glass. Okay, come yep. on. Several weeks, G.G. Allen played because then he needed something the, to cut himself. One of the first 
shows I ever played there, I remember a glass bottle whizzing by my head and <laughs> sticking in the drywall. So that rule wasn't this, very... This place but... was legendary for the flying beer cans. It was just relentless the whole show. It was hmm. uh, like, I love that I grew up in that environment because like you can throw anything at me on stage and like, <laughs> it's just, like, I'm there. like, is it a bag, a Ziploc bag full of vomit? Like, like no, that's the worst that <laughs> ever happens. I was wondering if you were old enough to have gone to any shows there because yeah, like I, I wasn't a regular there, but I definitely went there quite a few times over the yeah, years. Like, like ninety three, I think was the first show. It was like the crabs. Okay. I think the first show I went there was the crabs with this band called the Dead Sea Squirrels, and yep, a giant. I think I was at this show. A giant skinhead pinned me up against the wall, like <laughs> yelled at my face to not fucking ruin this for him. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like Excellent. What Love it. <laughs> like I'm a 13 year old kid. Like, like, am I uh, gonna go tell my mom about this place? That clearly funny. is fucked. I mean, know? it was you know, we used to go like we would open our presents and then my brother and I would go they used to have a Christmas show every year. There's this band called the Premature Babies that used to play there every year at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that that Christmas show continued until it was closed too. Yeah. Like, oh, did it? Okay, see, I, I hadn't been there for years. I think yeah, it kind of whimpered out. Well, so like I kind of think of that place as like a place that had a bunch of waves. So yeah. the, the original wave was like, uh, did you go when it was on Jackson Hill in the supermarket? No, I was always on Third, right? Yeah, so like prior to that, there was this, it was another bombed out building, but they got like DOA and like No Means No. Oh, yeah, they had some crazy good stuff. And like the Melvins would play there. Um, And then it moved to third. And that's when like the premature babies and stuff took over. Then at a certain point, it became super racist and skinheady. Oh, that And then like the Christians took it over. Oh, no way. (laughs) And then That's all the venues after a while, doesn't it? Yeah. And then like 94, 95, my band started playing there. And I feel like a bunch of kids started going there. And then eventually it got shut down at a show that like my band, Whack Trucks, was playing because like somebody, some, some woman passed out in the alley and cops drove by and like raided the place. <laughs> and then, you know, this place was a dive's dive. I mean, I'm sure was, you went to places similar, but it was... Yeah, it was pretty insane. Every and then, now and then I'll see it come up in like one of our old man punk groups, Neil. I'll see somebody talk about the ice pick. Anybody remember the ice pick? They talk about some band from Detroit that went over there and got beat up and left in the alley or something. Was this in Grand Rapids? <laughs> it was no, nah, it was Muskegon, which is Muskegon. a real rough shot. That's where Rick grew up. It's 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 on Lake Michigan, so you'd think it'd be pretty nice, but it's like the only piece of Lake Michigan that's sort of not... <laughs> like I mean, there is some resort action there, but it's it's a working class town, definitely. Is yeah, I mean, I didn't grow up in I grew up in the suburbs of Muskegon. Uh, so I grew up in Norton Shores. Oh yes, um, that's so, called White Muskegon. Yeah, right. Where right. are we going with this? Uh, but like, no, I'm just, this went off the fucking like, tracks. Yeah, Muskegon <laughs> is like a town that's divided legitimately by a gotcha. fence. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like the haves are on one side of the fence, and the half nots are on the other side of the fence. It's pretty wild. Uh, so I don't think it's quite as bad as it. I don't think it's quite as bad as it once was. But oh, yeah. it's it's still that bad. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I don't heights, get over there very the often. Is, the heights is pretty messed up still. Yeah. And like, I, I I do not get over there very often. But no, like, like my sister lives in 
Mona Shores, and if you say, "Hey, your house, you know, your your place in Muskegon," she gets real bristly about it. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't live in Muskegon. We live in Mona Shores. You know, but yeah, hey, whatever. Norton Shores, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 Norton Shores. Morton Bones is cool. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. I don't know. Well, see, have, see, see, this is yeah. what happens, Rick. We just go after. You wonder why they last two hours, right? So I mean, we we we've discussed a little bit of mustard fog <laughs> and a way defunct club called the Ice Pick that was a legendary dive. Yeah, you can eat a hamburger there now. It's a hamburger place. I heard that. Is it? <laughs> see, what about? There's a record store somewhere near there too. I think I gotta go see. Yeah, but. one of the guys from the Premature Babies has a record store that's next to there. Okay, I thought it was Jim Jones and the Kool Aid Kids. Maybe, Maybe it was it both. The same guy. Could mm. be. I got to get over there. So, how was your? How was your? You played in Liverpool, you said, right? Uh, uh yeah. And it was fine. Did you play at I a club, or where'd you play? Played in a club, I think. So, I have also a problem when I tour is that a lot of times I'm drunk I'm the whole time. The, <laughs> you no, know, I don't even, I don't drink. I don't drink. So, like, oh, you know, I just no, like, so, like, if I'm out of the country, I'm not the best with geography of where i'm at like like i can say like oh i'm in liverpool i have no clue where that is in the uk (laughs) you know like i have no clue where that is geographically and like on the west or the east side of the country i have no clue um did you do anything fun while you were there did you see any of the Beatles stuff or anything i went to the cavern i went to the outside of the cavern club Yeah, Yeah. yeah Uh, seems smaller than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, and it's, all, well, it's it's also not the original Cavern Club that was knocked oh, really? down, and then they rebuilt it for tourists about yeah. twenty five years ago. Um, but I tell you what, that is that's right across the street from um, Eric's Club, which was the original punk club in Liverpool. Oh, nice. Opened in seventy six. Well, yeah, she's done a lot of shows there. Oh, well, I was, geez, I was only I was only thirteen when it opened, but I did I did uh, go there I did go there twice, and that place was that place was crazy. Yeah. So how old were you in when you were thirteen? That was seventy six. Okay, so did you see any of that first wave? I I saw did? yeah I saw um I started going to shows when I was sixteen no fifteen I started going to shows in seventy eight, so my first show okay. was at Buzzcocks. Buzzcocks and Subway oh, Sack was my amazing. first show. Yeah, and I saw the jam numerous Wait, times. Sub, did you say it was Subway Sack? So, yeah, Subway Sack, yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. So, good. so yeah, he so saw the cl- so he saw the clash and Joy Division and all that. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty irritating. <laughs> How many times did you see the clash? <laughs> I saw the clash four times. Whoa. Oh, yeah. like on what album what album era? Um first one was right after London Calling. I saw the oh, London Calling tour and then I saw them pretty much every album after that. That's that's so good. Did you see any of like the bad clash? Uh, no, I I wish I would have done though because I actually don't think they're bad at all. Now that album is shit, but that's because of the production. Yeah. Some of those songs yeah, are great I mean, songs, but you know, I, I say bad in quotation. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a pretty good document, like a ten minute long documentary about that record and how it went so south. Well, I've actually Basically. got a, I've actually got a book on it, and it's actually interesting. You know, Paul, you know, Paul Paul Simon didn't play on the album at all. Yeah, they got they got a session musician in to play all the bass. Yeah. It's very sad. Hmm. Yeah. Well, even on like Sandinista, Paul wasn't playing a lot of the bass. That's right. On Sandinista. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Mm. Yeah, like it was like Ian Jury's bass player. Yeah, the that's right. Yep. Yeah, exactly hmm. right. Boy, you guys are making me learn stuff. <laughs> 
That's not why I'm here. <laughs> Maybe we should do a part two of this interview. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, so I saw the jam like numerous this. times and the and Susie and the Banshees and you know all that stuff. I was just lucky so, to be yeah. where I was at that time. You know. Yeah, I mean that. Like that's my like one of my favorite eras of music. Well, like, you, well now you can. Like, I'll tell hey. you what. You can go back and listen to episodes 29, 30, and 31 <laughs> because we talk about, we do the A through Z of uh, gigs. So oh, that's so good. Yeah. yeah. So good. Mine are like all like early 90s. His are all like, you know, early set, early 80s. But <laughs> but even even looking back at those like early 90s, mid 90s stuff that I took for granted, now I'd, you know, give my pinky to go back to some of those oh, shows. Yeah. So, Without like, a doubt. I was watching footage of um, like me and my buddy were just talking about fit, the band Fishbone. Oh, yeah. And, uh, like I found a show that I I was at like on YouTube and just like is that the Orbit Room or the old club? I, I, I went to that show. Okay, uh, Biohazard. Show. I went to that show too. Uh, no, it was this show. Uh, like it was Red Hot Chili Peppers with Stone Temple Pilots opening up, with also Fishbone opening the show like first of three at Pine Knob. Oh, and, Pine Knob. Uh, okay, and uh, like nobody was there to see mm. fishbone and it was like sad it was so sad because like that watching the decline of that band is super was super depressing to me where like mm. they should have been huge and like they're another one when you talk to these third wave sky guys that's another band name that gets dropped a lot fishbone, fishbone. Yeah. well how about the untouchables untouchables were right there as well i right? just saw the untouchables yeah we must have just played with the untouchables in la i didn't mm. know anything about them before that show oh huh. mm. All right, we better we better okay. We we better let's move on from the <laughs> get us section. back on get us back on. on. Yeah, I, I mean that's my I, 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 good cop bad cop here. I guess I'm gonna have to be the good cop or yep. is it the bad cop? I yep. don't know. Whatever. Let's uh, yeah, let's play a mustard plug song and then um, we'll you know let him talk about his his other projects that he's working on. And we're out home. of time. Yeah, <laughs> yes. thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've been a wonderful audience. So let's play. So. So I, I don't I don't know if Rick was happy that I picked this song or not, but uh, a few years ago there was a rancid uh, tribute album called Hooligans United. That's exactly correct. And and Musterplug did uh, Roots Radical. So let's do their take on Roots Radical. Six bus out of downtown Gamble Bezanata. He was on it, he was waiting for me. All the punk rockers and the moon stoppers were there on the corner where the fans were changed. I started thinking, you know, I started drinking, you know, I don't remember too much of that day. Something struck me funny as we ran out of money. Where do you go now when you're only 15? The music execution and the talk of revolution. Please tell me, and it go well. Keep on the boot, the roots, the radicals. Keep on the boot. Give up the 
there you go. That was uh, Roots Radicals, the Rancid song done by um, Mustard Plug, the uh, ska band from so, Michigan. Grand Rapids, <laughs> yes. So, so Rick, why don't, you talk, why don't you talk to us a little bit about Sharkanoid and how that got together, just so that it doesn't get lost in the shuffle. Well, okay. Why, do, why uh, don't we explain to people what Sharkanoid is first? I'll tell you what it is. Confused. It's a pretty good band name because most band names now blow, and I think that one's pretty decent. Sharknado. I mean, yeah, yeah Sharknado. we give that a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was basically just taking that video game Arkanoid and putting Shark in front of it. Or Shark. Well, when, I, when I Google it, I kept getting something called, I think, Sparkanoid or something. Is uh, there I some, have no clue, no clue about some, Sparkanoid. Some like, Japanese cartoon or something. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I. I stopped Googling things like that are related to me a long time ago. But So Sharkanoid is this band that is me and this other guy whose name is Dan Pothast, who's from this band called ME330. Yep. And, uh, where, where are they from, geographically? They're, they're from St. Louis. St. Louis. So again, okay. like my old band, Wax Trucks, played a lot of shows with ME330. And then when I started doing solo shows, when Wack Trucks kind of slowed down, Dan and I did a bunch of tours together, mm. um, just like in my Jeep Cherokee, him doing like a solo acoustic thing and then me doing like a solo one-man band with a computer trying to sound like the Minutemen. Uh, <laughs> but it also sounds like kind of like Devo also. Mm. But And so like just became really good friends and then – uh, there's this band guided by voices. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so the first couple guided by like, uh, B thousand and alien lanes era guided by voices. Robert Pollard was doing like a songwriting exercise where he would take pictures out of a yearbook and write a song about that, that person, mm. like fictional fictionalized song. And so I was like, let's write a record where we do this. And so we did. And that was the first record. And people seem to like it, I guess. Now, what was what uh, that one called? Is, it's is called this... Have a Great Summer. Okay, so this is your second record right second now. Second record okay. that is about to come out. Yeah. Come out in a little more than a week. Yeah. And, but, uh, yeah. Neil, but is, is Mustard Plug still a, a live, I mean, they're still an active band, though? Mustard Plug is. Or ME330? No, Mustard Plug. Mustard yeah. Plug, yes. So, you, so you're in two bands at the same time kind of he's thing. like a jamaican neil you remember that skit on like uh, in living color where the jamaican <laughs> person had mean? like 15 jobs you don't remember that you guys yeah, don't know that I'm skit sure i'm, Tom. I'm sure. making all these i'm Early sorry i'm making all these vague racial statements today i'd like to apologize <laughs> i'd like to make a fake apology you, know, you don't know about living color no i do no i do i do but there was a i was just fucking with Tom. Down there always had like 15 jobs right that's yes. rick i mean i hope we can get through a, a portion a small portion of his jobs before he <laughs> Passes out from exhaustion tonight. <laughs> right. So yeah, Plug is still active. Like right before the pandemic hit, I was in Australia with them. Holy shit! Um, you were lucky to get like, out. You yeah. Be down there with like, all those convicts. God damn. <laughs> Always the Englishman. Always the Englishman. It's still a prison colony to him. <laughs> yeah. We flew through LAX, and like that is when I was like, oh wow, like this is, this is going to be a problem in a week, and it was, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so Sharkanoid is like, so the first album was like an exercise in songwriting. You'd said kind of, right? Yeah. And then like we felt like 
filled in the blanks as far as like members go. So like essentially Dan and I are the only real people in this band. Okay. And then it's kind of, Dan will kill me for saying this, but it's kind of like Steely Dan. Oh, God Lord. Way. That is a hor- that is a <laughs> My number one most hated <laughs> band like, of all time. Well done. For him. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just getting like session people yeah, that yeah. I think yeah. would fit the song. Yeah. You know, um, uh, which comes in handy for you because you know about a billion people who play music. Yeah, yeah. So, like, on the first record, I think there was, like, eight or nine people that played on it besides Dan and I. Mm. Uh, in this record, it's a lot – it's scaled down. So, like, the drummer is the drummer from Dan's band, ME330. And then the, the other guitarist is the guitarist from Whack Trucks, my other band. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Is ME330 is still active or no? Yeah, or is he just yeah. sold? I mean, oh, they're still active too. Okay. Yeah, still active. Like plays maybe one or two shows a year though. I mean, okay. Dan Dan lives in Santa Cruz, California now. So, oh really? It's just, yeah, it's kind it's of geographically like, challenged. Yeah, it's kind of getting it together for them. You can jump in a car and drive to St. Louis. You can't do that with. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, so um, Musterplug does just to put it in perspective. You guys play what like fifty shows a year, right? Yeah, fifty, sixty, depending on the year. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, week of touring here, week of touring there. You do usually three local shows every year. It seems like you right. kind of have that down to a pattern in the last few years. Yep. Um. So okay. So you guys. So the this record is it? Is there a is there a metaphorical uh, tie-ins with all the songs, or is it just sort metaphorical. of metaphorical? Jesus, well, to you. The, the, no, the no, last, like, well, so the last this... album was kind of a loose concept album. It sounds like. Right. I mean, this record, it was just like Dan and I decided like we should write a new record and we wrote a new record. I mean, I guess it turned out a little more post-apocalyptic than I (laughs) wonder why. Wonder why. (laughs) So the only reason this record is also coming out now is because like I both of Dan and I now had unlimited free time. Ah, And I was just like, screw it. I need to clear my hard drive from like projects that are just sitting on it. So like the first week of the the stay at home order, like we were just like, all right, let's finish it, and we finished it. So, so if you, so you, do you guys ever play live, or is that really not a thing for you? We've played uh, probably about ten shows. Like we opened up for Andrew Jackson Jihad in New York, and we had a New York band where it was like the drummer, the drummer was the bass player from Jeff Rosenstock's band, and Jeff Rosenstock played the other guitar. Uh, we played Fest. We played a couple shows down at Fest. When? Also, which Fest? Neil's favorite. Which Fest? Uh, the one this year? No, I was in Japan during this year's Fest. Uh, so this year's Fest was the first Fest I've missed since Fest 2 or 3. Wow, so you're a fan of Fest. Fan of Fest. Fest Well, fans. Fest, I, a lot of times I'll play Fest, but also gotcha. Fest em, employs me to run sound at Fest. Wow. So. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll strike all those angry fest <laughs> questions. <yeah. laughs> I mean, fest, fest is not for us. I mean, yeah, fest is not for I, us. I mean, there's some good I, bands every year, but overall, if I it's was not for not us. Not getting paid to go to fest, I would not go to fest. Like, am I going to drive down to just go to fest? There's no way, especially right. if you're not a drinker. I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to go down there and drink your weight in PBR ounces. Yeah, it's there's no way I would go down. I mean, everybody involved with the fest are good friends, but like, there's no way I'm going down there just to socialize. 
<laughs> That's the headline for this episode. Yeah, Rick hates fast. There you go. I mean, I'm get, like I'm not old, but like that's that's a young person's game. Yes, I found that. I found that out that last year. Yes, yes. <laughs> you, went, you went last year. I did. Yeah. Where did you where Did you stay? Um, I got a friend who lives in Gainesville. Okay. So that was that was now that part of it was good, but the actual right. fest part of it, I did not care for that much. I I mean, did I enjoyed you? I enjoyed Mastin Children, Teenage Bottle Rocket, but that was pretty much it. And against me was all right. Yeah, what venues did you go to primarily? Um, the big outdoor one, uh, uh-huh. the, um, and Lucy's, yeah. and uh, a couple of the other ones we tried to get into, but we couldn't get in because that a whole cockamamie yeah. ticket thing, which doesn't guarantee yeah. you getting in. Uh, the whole thing is, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not gonna I mean, guess it too I don't, much because I don't know how there. they would do it. Do it better. Also, like a couple of those venues are like because their pop up venues are not the best venue to see that band a lot of times yeah, like yeah. the high dive is like probably dive, the best yeah. venue yeah venue to go to there because uh, it sounds good and it's like a rock club <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like you're like getting you know you know what you're getting there you know it was um, just it was just a very strange mix because it had been halloween there was all the drunk students and then like at one one half of the town and then the other half of the town was all these young punk rock kids walking around so it they was very cool it- yeah, the reason they do it that weekend is because there's a University of Florida versus Georgia, Georgia. football yep. game. Exactly. That usually, like, more than half of the students will f- drive up to Jacksonville to right. go to. Right. So, usually the town is emptier than normal. So, yeah. If that doesn't happen, sometimes that doesn't happen and it's a shit show. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I have a, uh, yeah. I, I I don't blame you for your hate. I wouldn't. No, hate's kind of strong, but it was wasn't. It, <laughs> it, it put it this way: it wasn't what I expected. Like if uh, someone says a, if someone says a punk festival, I imagine like some actual punk, you know, <laughs> not a bunch of <laughs> people in short shorts hugging each other. Um, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty a pretty big bro fest. <laughs> so, so there you go. I'm sorry, Tom. Get us back. Get 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 us back on track, would you? Tom, are you there? We lose Tom. Tom. Wow. I'm here. I didn't know if you guys would realize I was gone or not. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even pause. Get us back on track, buddy. What are you doing? I'm like, I will complain about fest for so long that I'll have plenty of times to take a quick spurt. So That's anyway, what, I'm back. Oh my god, you should go. You should go get that scene too, buddy. Your bladder seems to give out every episode. It's my grapefruit-sized prostate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's, so, the na- that's so, the name of the episode. So, so Neil had grapefruit size prostate. There you go. Well, now that Rick's forty, he can he can comfortably uh, be yeah. part of that club. I'm so excited. So Neil asked me a question, and I didn't Uh-oh. know the answer to it. Do you guys is are, are both of you singing on this? Do you sing? Does he I, sing? Who's doing Dan, the singing? On this record, Dan sings more than me. I'm the one that sounds uh, less like a singer on this. Like I'm the more the, I'm the guy hollering more. Okay. I okay. Guess. So like, yeah. you do the first song that's kind of got the overdriven vocals. That the overdriven vocals is me, and then okay. Dan is also. The thing that we realized when we were recording this record uh, was that if it was my song that I would write the lyrics to, Dan would sort of end up singing like me a little bit. Um, so like on that first song, like it's both channeling of us. your inner, like channeling your inner chi or something, huh? Yeah, on that first song is both of us are singing on that song. Okay. 
That, um, fir- that first song sounds very much like the digits, as a matter of fact, that flesh and oh, bone really? song. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. It's it's got a very uh aggressive, overdriven sound. It reminds me of and you probably did sound for this guy. It reminds me of kind of like what the eradicator was doing or like oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Galactic Cannibal, or and it doesn't keep that intensity over the course of the album. It's got a nice variety, and, and Neil even mentioned that because he hates albums where every song sounds the same. <laughs> this has a nice, uh, a nice ebb and flow. I think. Oh, right on. Ebb and let's, flow. Let's, wow. Yeah. That's let's let's do a song. Uh, why don't you introduce? You picked out a couple <laughs> songs. Why don't you introduce one of them and tell us what it's about, and we'll uh, spin a song from the, the album is called Idiot Box. Oh, uh, Death Box. Death Box. Death box. <laughs> also, great, great idiot box is also a great title. For a yes, record. and that's the tele. Yeah, that we told Rick or Rick uh, Neil told a story about idiot box uh, a few episodes back. Yes, yeah, it's, like it's a song by the Damned, right? Ah, the Damned. Yep. Right. Oh. It's damn. about television. It's about the band television. It's about how much the Damned hated television. So there you go. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that the Damned hated television. Absolutely, with a passion. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. I mean, it's crazy that that the Damned would hate television since. They probably didn't have that many run-ins with them. Um, well, so, okay. Can I tell the story just a second, Tom? Do you mind? Abbreviated version, you know. It's got to be the abbreviated version. Abbreviated. You have to pee again. <laughs> so, television. I love, I love finding out about 1970s punk beef. Television invited the Damned. Damned were doing their first U, uh, U.S. tour, early 77. And television invited the Damned to play in L.A. with them. And then when the Damned found, because the Damned were just playing in New York, and the Damned yeah. found their way over to L.A. somehow, and had to pay out their own money or whatever. And when they got there, television said, "Now nah, we don't want you playing with us anymore. Well, so the crazy. Damned showed crazy. up. The Damned showed up at the show anyway, and they had T-shirts that said "Television the Cunts." So, uh, so. Great. and then they wrote the song, and then they wrote the song "Idiot Box," which is on their second album, which is a I, huge. I also have that T-shirt. I wear it to Grandma's for dinner. So, yeah. So, which which Death Box? Which song you want to do from Death? <laughs> That's my mind. So, what song you want to play first, Rick? I guess we'll just go in alphabetical order. Which would be "Go to Work" would be the the first song. I didn't write the song, so I don't know what it's about. I assume it's about going to work. Acid Test would actually be alphabetical first, but oh, I'm talking about the uh, the two we picked. But isn't isn't it sort of? I mean, it's it's just sort of a it's a pretty deep song. I think, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) about how about how pointless our lives are. Yeah. Wow. I assume. I mean, I'll I'll text Dan right now. And see <laughs> All right, so this is get to work. Did you say go get to, to work? work? Go, to, go work. to work. I swear, I've listened to the record twice. <laughs> it's going beautifully. Yeah. I can is... only remember song titles from albums I knew in '89. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. I agree. So yeah, go to work off Death Box. Go to work, set your alarm, wake up early with the sun, even though it hurts, it can be pain. 
There you go. That was the song Go to Work from Sharkanoid off the album Deathbox. Named after the uh, 1980s English skateboard company. So there you go. Yeah, I, that was the. That's why I picked it. That's why we picked it. <laughs> Not really, right? I mean, no, like when we were talking about al- album titles, we were just throwing ideas back and forth. And uh, I threw out Deathbox uh, for the skateboard term. And, uh, oh, okay. Stuff. I mean, it also. Oh, it is? Okay, cool. Coffin. Yeah, yeah, totally. I skate, I skateboard. Still skateboard, avid skateboarder. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Well, that's all you had to say. Now you and Neil are going to be best friends. Yeah, me too, yeah, and I'm 57. Sure. So, um, yeah, Deathbox was a English company. I mean, I know the I know the the other term as well, but yeah, I just wondered if it was anything to do with that. That's interesting. It's not. So, it has nothing to do with the company. It okay. definitely has to do with the pool. Yep. Uh, the pool aspect of it. Yep. But also, it could mean coffin. Oh, know? it does. It means lots of things. It's actually pretty yep. cool. Yeah, just like idiot so, talks, right, Tom? Yep, exactly. So you, so you, so you kind of explain an, answer one of my questions, which was going to be: so you're only doing digital. Was that just? Is that? Is I was wondering if that's just because does it even make sense to do physical anymore, or if it was like a a money thing or a label thing or whatever? But but I, I, I guess ultimately you wanted to get it out so quick. Yeah, I mean, I'm screw around with that. So the first record came out on that record label, Community Records, um, yep. which we're friends with them. Where, where are they at? Like the New, Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Okay. Um, and like, I guess right now it doesn't make like we're, we're not a real quote unquote real band. Like we're, we're not touring. So like yeah. to ask like our friends label to like put out the record, it's just basically like burdening somebody with the process of doing it and the financial hassle of it. I mean, I would love for any record I do to come out on a actual vinyl record. Um, but like, I understand the logistics and finances of things, you know, maybe we'll do a tape. I don't know. I haven't thought that. Neil, far Neil and I, neither of us have bought into the tape revival. God, we're both no. against it. I was glad when tapes fucking ran but, away. You know, we're, we're <laughs> against most things. So <laughs> like, I think tapes, tapes for me is like kind of nostalgic because like it had transitioned to tape right as I was buying music and it was yeah. like affordable. So like, I'm I'm unfortunately burdened with the, the nostalgia of tapes, but also know the why people don't like tapes. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. So, it's one of those things I don't get the revival of it just because there is such a pain in the ass. Cheap. But there's such cheap. a pain in the ass. I mean, if yeah, you want to listen think, to the second track, oh yeah, that'll be good. Let me put it on fast forward. Uh, oh, look at that. Do you think anybody is actually listening to these tapes that they're buying? <laughs> I, I wonder that because I don't. I so. Last year, I had to take my college-age daughter's uh, 2001 Buick Regal to, like, the scrapyard, and that had my last cassette player. I mean, that was, that was it. <laughs> so I don't know how many people even have tape players anymore, right? Yeah, I got one. I got two, but, like, yeah. oh, I'm not listening to tapes on them. I use no. it for, like, tape transfer, or currently one of them is with my studio landlord's at his house because he wanted to listen to some tapes he made in the navy <laughs> okay so that's... like that's that's where i that's where it's at you know are you but able like, to are you able to transfer from tape to uh like digital or anything yeah oh you are well listen tom see i can, ah, I can start using some of my I old bootleg for you yeah some of my old bootleg tapes we can start uh put, put, put you those know i out. found a demo tape that my band made in 1994 man oh you did excellent let's get that out this is sound great 
cleaning out my garage. He was recorded on four track. We kept bouncing them down, bouncing the tracks down. It's got to be good. Is it the four track master tape or is it a? No, it's just like because it had the covers that we made at Kinkos and everything. That's awesome. Yeah, good stuff. Um, couldn't afford to have the stuff printed on the cassette. It had just like the whole label, you know, stuck on the. Oh <laughs> yeah, the... I know. I know all about that. Like <laughs> stuck on the cassette. Like, yeah. The first tape that I ever put out with my band we like went to kinko's just printed like on like physical like sticker paper mm-hmm. yeah and then like oh, i an exacto knife like cut it out i remember and then well, after the like t- that big like 11 by 17 because that fit the tape case covers perfectly and we had them okay. all laid out there we get copies of that and chop them up yeah so so you know the funny thing is, this is the, as far as the the re- your record goes, like okay, you can't tour to promote the record, but that's like everybody right now, right? right. I mean, even the big bands, it's just such a weird time, and it's kind of like a bonus for for our little stupid show here, honestly, because some of these big names are so desperate to get, you know, <laughs> what are you saying? Stop putting this down. Pretty, what are you putting this down for? Pretty, we got an ability to get a pretty big uh, caliber of name. I mean, right. you know, I'm talking beyond Rick Johnson, even. <laughs> but no, yeah, no, but the it's, sky's it's, the limit. Exactly, exactly. I think we get almost all, you know, popular '90s. You know, not cutting rancid. I think we get almost anybody in the '90s. <laughs> I bet you could get like Matt Freeman. You know, maybe like if he wanted, I think like he's the only one that you a charger. Yeah. He's doing bass yeah. lessons on on fucking YouTube of how yes. of how of how he plays, and then he just plays them, and it's like, well, I could never do that in a million years. So thanks. The for best that, part about those bass lessons is that like, I, you can see the look of amazement in his face while he's doing it. Like he's like, ah, I forgot that I did this. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, but it, it's funny because, I, you know, I've been writing for a long time. I write for Punk News. I write for New Noise. I just, you know, I, I just I've met so many people over the years, like. I am starting to get like big, big dreams. Like I got a pretty good relationship with Pirates Press. I wonder if I can get like Colin McFall from Coxbar or something. Yeah, you know, I bet you could. So you mean we'll have a lot of talking? Here's yeah. the problem. I mean, even if I did, would I have anything intelligent to say to him? But I will. It's like yeah. my dream interview is like Ben Weasel. Man, I'm a huge Screeching Weasel fan. I'd love to talk to Ben Weasel, but I'm like, I don't even know what. I'd probably just piss him off like within two questions. You know? Yeah, but you don't know if you don't ask that's true i should be aggressive right i have like one degree of separation away from ben weasel if you want i can tell yeah. you that. i can give you the person I'll tell you what when we're done we'll certainly talk about that yeah um well we you know when we've had some of his buddies on we're gonna have more of his buddies on honestly yeah. you know like we had ba from sloppy seconds and we had dave parasite and and we got some of his real close even much closer than that compadres that are probably gonna be on the next couple of weeks so maybe we can maybe we can talk him into it. he's got he's promoting a new record too so who yeah. knows Easy. Um, yeah, exactly. So, no so, uh, what else you want to talk about? You, you got anything else you want to say about Sharkanoid before we move on? I mean, I'm, I know you're out there trying to trying to push this thing, and I want to give you every opportunity to do that, but I don't really have a lot more questions about it. So I do. Tell me something. I do. Sharkanoid. I've got questions. <laughs> All, right. All right, Neil. I've got Shoot lots it. of Go questions. Ahead, so, <laughs> Even he's, listen to him, Neil. He's already got my tone of voice. He's like, All right, fine. Come on, Neil. <laughs> Let's do it, Neil. Take Get, so Tom, let's only talk about seventy-seven punk. I, I tell, I tell you what. When I was listening to this, because I only started listening to it, I think Tom sent it to me yesterday, and I started listening to it today. I've listened to it maybe three times. So, was this recorded over the course of like a couple years or something, or like at it was least a year? Uh, over the course of four years. Okay. Um, now well, things make sense. So 
originally we did the drums in St. Louis at a different studio, and then the rest of it was recorded at my studio. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hazy. Sharknado is kind of hazy because like it takes so long because obviously Dan and I don't live in the same place. Um, I think we did the drums, and then like a year later we finished it, and then it's just kind of been sitting around in mix world. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, for the rest of the time, so just because yeah. I was I was amazed. I mean, I couldn't get a handle on it because every track is almost like a not a different genre, but I mean, they all hang together. It hangs together as an album, but every track is certainly way different than the last one. Like you right. got some folky stuff going on, you got some punky stuff going on, you got one with a Hammond organ in it, you got um, you know one with a synth in it. Um, yeah. it, it. I mean, every song. I mean, I made a list of like what every song sounded like to me, and Whoa. it's a really interesting list. He'll email that to you later. From Weezer to the Cobra Skulls to Billy Bragg to you know. All right. Yeah. I've never heard the Cobra Skulls before. I probably should listen to the Cobra Skulls. Yeah, I haven't either. Really? Mm. Okay. Look at that. I newish band that i know all right um but it was interesting and and the, probably my favorite track on the album one was uh is it who's who's got the time okay yeah because yeah, that yeah. had a very classic 70s kind of punk new wave kind of sound to me yeah with some replacements I mean, thrown in there i think both dan and i are fans of everything you know so yeah. like the kind of the beauty of this project too is like we're not writing like there's no expectations for writing the songs. So like you can, it's just like throwing shit up against the wall, basically process of writing where like, Oh, that's a song. Do you like this song? Great. It's part of the record. Well, so what, so what do you do? You, so you just playing bass on it or do you do other stuff too? I play bass, sing, I play guitar. Oh, you do. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Um, on it as well. Uh, yeah. And then I, I engineered and, did all the production stuff on it for the most part. I think Dan did a little bit at his house, but yeah, it was, it, actually... it was super interesting. I mean, you know, I, I, if you got, if you got tired of one song, the next song sounded completely different. So, you know, you right. weren't like just <laughs> upset with it and wanted to turn it off. It was good. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So let's, uh, so is there, any, is there anything else you'd like to add about this, Rick? I uh, mean, you, you, uh-huh. you... nah. <laughs> Well, you suck at promoting things, Greg. Yeah, I'm, very bad. Yeah. I'm very bad. Let, let me I'm, do your promotion I'm for you. I'm a very bad businessman. Everybody. Well, yeah, well, the fact of the matter is, well, at least in this case, you know, you did most of it in your own studio. You're putting it out digitally. So at least you're not like, you know, you didn't it's six, sink like six grand and, you know, yeah, a thousand Dan LPs I, to sell out of the back of your car or something. <laughs> both Dan and I have realized that this is the cheapest record we've ever made. Like, oh, as far as like money put in. But it really doesn't matter anymore either. If you're willing to put the time, you know, if it's like you can either put money into it or time into it. If you're willing to sink a bunch of your own time into it, it's right. just like like these music videos, right? You can make an amazing music video if you, you sit there and edit it for you know eight hundred hours. Yeah, but then you have to edit it for eight hundred hours. Yeah, you might have to. You might have to do that. Hey, you might have time for that. I'm I'm waiting I, for that that short no. music video. There's a uh, we'll see. That's on Dan. Dan's the music video person right ah, now. Okay. So. so so we're gonna play another song from that album. Death Box. We're gonna do <laughs> I Ache. That was the one we picked, sure. right? Let's do it. Is, are you singing on this one? No. Wait, that's this what a weird dude. He picks both he doesn't pick a song. I didn't. I picked two songs He's... that I didn't write also. So huh. 
<laughs> but that's there's a lot to be read into that. I mean, I'm not your therapist or anything, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you it, play one on TV. Yeah, <laughs> it's it how it express one time. I feel I feel that potentially those are my favorite songs on the record. Hmm. It, uh, like if my songs are my favorite songs, I would have picked those two. Well, who care. wrote? Who's got the time? Uh, Dan wrote that. Song. Damn it! <laughs> I was trying to help you out, man. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> So let's, okay, let's let's do from from Death Box, the new Sharknoid album, which is coming out. What you say, the first of May or so, right? First of May. Okay, let's do uh, I ache. What a bad waste of time. Then imagining your mind to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. Could watch my teeth run out of my mouth. What a bad waste of time. Sharkanoid off of Deathbox. Um, so okay, so if it doesn't have a vinyl release, and I looked for Sharkanoid on iTunes and it wasn't there, so how oh, yeah. how can people actually buy this? It'll be on Bandcamp. It will. Everything's gonna be. It's not May first yet, Neil. Yeah, but everything I'm, will I'm be on. Just asking. I'm trying. I'm trying to get him to promote it because he's not doing a good job. <laughs> how can people actually purchase this and give you money? Uh, it'll be on Bandcamp. I. It's probably going to be pay what you want. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, it'll be on all the streaming sites and whatnot. Is yeah. it not going to be a CD either? There's not going to be anything physical. No, it, it's hard. Like we, we've t- like I've thought I looked into how much like replication would be, and like it would only make sense of us to do it in a short run mm-hmm. as of right now. Uh, but like also right now, it's like okay, like our places open like vinyl pressing plants aren't open right now yeah i don't think so uh, like dan lives near a cd duplication house like is that open like you know like 
if you're not going to do shows though, you know, it's it's. I mean, some people will order them through the mail on Bandcamp or whatever, but man, I I I, I think you'd be hard pressed to you know, I, shows is I think where you sell the majority of them nowadays. But maybe I'm yeah. wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, who knows? So I mean, so actually. So yeah. Neil doubled back to Sharkanoid, but I was actually gonna kind of talk to you about. So <laughs> the other thing you're, the other thing you're best getting yelled at. For, no, no, not at all, not at all. Like I said, this guy wears a lot of hats. I want to try to get to all this stuff. Um, you uh, you run a studio called Cold War Studios. It's true. And a few years ago, I mean, a couple of years ago, I remember noticing. Boy, it seems like everybody's rec- all the punk albums around town are getting recorded at this thing. So how how'd you get into that? originally hold on uh, hold, hold, hold on one second hold that thought yeah i'm gonna interrupt again so where did you get the name from because i used to be part owner of a skateboard company called cold war is it the same cold war that's still going on i don't i i don't i don't know if randy's really doing it anymore it's out of portland i think yeah i think that's the one i know about well yeah. there you go yeah that was part me i was one of the so, founding owners of that well, so between the that? death box and the court you ought to be paying him royalties i know yeah Fuck. Yes. Luckily, you're well, not going to make any money. You're not make any money on this new record, Neil. So he's... <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll cut you in on the profits. I'm actually, I, I'm actually amazed after that... you recoup your original cost, right? Yeah, very minimal. <laughs> I'm actually costing us more in like <laughs> the actual recording of the record is was it, like our press material is costing us more than the actual recording of this record. It's pretty insane, like how much. Hmm. But anyways, anyways, so my studio, the reason I call it Cold War is originally I wanted to call it Stew Stew Studio. Duh. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's and, great. Phil, uh, who doesn't love a good Phil Collins reference, right? And I, when I went to get the domain, <sighs> the domain wasn't available. And so I was like, ah. So I just had that. There's a, there's a Devo record called Freedom of Choice. Mm-hmm. And it yep. was on my desk. And I was go. I went down. I just looked at the songs, and that was one of the songs. And there, it was available, and I did it. You know, it, w- it was it was pretty depressing that I couldn't get Stu Stu Studio. I still can't get Stu Stu Studio. I've been trying to get that domain ever since that day. <laughs> as soon as they quit paying for that, you're gonna grab yeah, it. Like, well, listen, we can relate. You know, when we originally wanted to start doing this show, it was gonna be called "Old Men Shouting at Clouds," like a okay. reference to the Simpsons episode where Grandpa yeah. Simpson's shaking his fist, and somebody already had it. Yeah. Oh. So we were kind of in pre-production, so we had to think of something last minute, and so, and I think it came out okay. I think "Punk Till I Die" works, even though we're, you know, as much posers as we are punks at this point. But it works. <laughs> it works as a title, you know. Right. We're angry. That helps, right? That sort of makes us punk. But uh, anyway, nevertheless, we digress. So, so when's <laughs> when, all we do? When did you? Yeah, that's all we do is digress. When did you uh, put this thing together, or when did you start doing that? Uh, well, I started doing it like 11 years ago in the space Ooh, that I have cool. now. Okay. Um, again, I'm very bad at business. So like, I don't take out ads. I don't do any of that. It's all <laughs> word of mouth, you know? So like, uh, and like, I feel that's the best way for me not to feel dirty about owning a business that essentially a lot of it is me charging friends to, for a service. Um, but like before that, like but they understand, they understand that this these things cost you money. You know, it, it, it's yeah. But like, it's hard. That's that's hard. I'm yeah. I, I'm I'm probably cheaper than I should be. Whatever. 
it, hmm. it's working. I'm not starving. So good to know, Neil. When we need, when we, we yep. finally get together to record our theme song. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Uh, well, so how just did, ripping off other people? How did you know how to do this, though? I mean, how did you know how to be a producer or whatever? What how what was your <laughs> what was your entry into that? So my old band, Wax Trucks, um, in where we're from, again, there was there was not recent, there wasn't a studio, and like, nor did we have money for to go to a studio and so like what we started doing by like our third record is um we bought a record a piece of recording equipment and we're like we're gonna try to record our own record Mm -hmm. uh and like uh the results were shockingly good (laughs) and uh when that band broke up i just kind of assumed the gear and then started just writing my own songs and recording those songs myself. And eventually uh, a couple bands were like, do you want to record us? And I was like, sure, let's do it. Uh, and that turned out all right. Uh, and then Mustard got kicked out of the house that they were living in. Like a couple of the members were living in and the landlord was like, uh, you guys can't, you know, like, practice in here anymore i'm gonna up the rent basically and but he's like but i have this building next door to this house if you want to rent it out you can uh, you can move into that building and like they could must have couldn't afford it on their own and i was like well if i start recording bands out of this space like we can make it work and so it was basically like a way for me to not have a real job and solely make money off music yeah. Oh, that's cool. But at that point, you had to start charging people because you were paying rent. Yeah, I mean, I'd always been charging people. I mean, it's so like the six dollars an hour or something. Yeah, stupid, the first record, it? it was like eight bucks an hour. The first record, <laughs> I think, I recorded. I recorded a band's record. It took a week. I think I got paid like four hundred bucks. You know, mm-hmm. it was just like figuring it out as I go along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And like, like, listen, if you let me learn from you and take longer than usual, I won't charge. Yeah. No, well, that's cool. I mean, I mean it's that's like, the best way to do it. It's a yeah, situation where, like, I felt like as long as I could fake it, like, I know what I'm doing and the results yeah. aren't terrible, we'll be all right. You probably know more than the band, so, you know, they don't know. Right. You know? Like, so when, when, did, when do you feel like, you, when did you get good at it? That's the real question. When did you feel like, feel, man, I'm pretty good like at I'm, this? I don't feel like I'm good at it. Uh, still, the, uh, the no, 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 to self. The Don't use him. <laughs> the the thing is, is like I kind of want. I think the thing that I bring to the table is like I like it when a recording sounds like a band. You know, like mm-hmm. we're like, I don't like when you go see a band and you're like, whoa, what happened? Why is this recording so much better? You know, like I just want to document what's happening with a band. See, that's yeah. an interesting interesting point, Neil, because, you know, you and I love to talk about this. That I, I despise how, like... Overproduced, yeah. The overproduced punk records where yep. they, they doctor the vocals up and they layer the guitars too much and the snares don't sound sharp and it's like the new Bad Religion album. Man, I can barely stand to listen to it. And part of it's, I'm sure, just because Greg Gravin's voice is just not what it once was. But And the Lippies album, you did the Lippies album and their demo too, I think, right? I've done everything. And need. and that's got that snappy sound to it. Not too granted, it helps that Tanya doesn't really need any help in the vocal department, I'm sure. But yeah. uh but yeah, we hate overproduced records, so that's good to know. Because I even I, feel like 
I feel yeah. like the stuff Bill Stevenson's been doing lately, who was always one of my favorites, I right. feel like his stuff's overproduced at this point. As someone who's recorded with Bill, uh, I can... Oh, you record... Holy cow. Uh, Mustard recorded... Well, Mustard recorded a lot of records. I've only been involved in two records that they've done okay. with, with Bill. But, um... Yeah. Say I it. love Say it. Bill. Say I love it. Bill. I... Not no, I do too. Big, I don't want to say anything bad big, about. Him. I, I'm not I don't that at big all. Of a fan of he's dialing it in. I'll say coming it coming out of there. Well, no, because like it's <laughs> not, dialing it in. So like, I know what they're doing. Yep. <laughs> and I I don't agree with it, but those bands are going there with them wanting the, the blasting room people to do that. So like you, unfortunately, can't argue with. The, the outcome because the band the band's not getting tricked into that you know what i well, mean you, so you, like you can argue with the outcome to a certain extent i think because what happens is a label a label like fat all the records start to sound the same but all the records on fat sounded the same to begin with eh, sort of but i mean those early no effects albums had a jaggedness to them yeah but those no effects records weren't on fat yeah the appetite yeah, true they were on appetite so like Fat has always been about a homogenous sound. Like before they were sending stuff to Bill and Jason, they were that that one guy was doing it all. I can't remember his name. <laughs> this is the guy that did like uh strung out and like the high standard records. Oh, okay. Yeah, the early mid nineties stuff. Yeah, we're all like the kick drum had a very specific sound and like it was metal guitars. Like I hate when the drums are too tight. Oh, I like a nice loose <laughs> snare, loose, nice loose snare. I've, heard, I've heard that about you. Yeah. <laughs> so, which album did you guys do with Bill Stevenson? Then we did. Well, the they did Evil Doers Beware, Pray for Mojo. The record okay, I did those are... was called In Black and White. And oh yeah. Then the, okay. I, the last record, um, there's another guy that works out of there. His name's Jason Livermore. He was in that yep. band, Drag the River. Uh, he's he was like Bill's protege, and honestly, like. He's probably the person mixing a lot of those records. Don't quote me on it, but I feel that he's mixing a lot. Like, his name is all over those records. Um, he, Jason mixed the last Mustard Pug record. I recorded it. Jason mixed it. Well, I don't care what Rick says. If Bill Stevenson wants to come in and talk to us, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> thrilled. That new, that uh, new probably, good riddance. It's probably an easier, easier get than you think. Maybe, you know, maybe I said, I just need to send out emails. But the problem is right now I've got so many people that are interested. I can hardly schedule. So it's just, I mean, we could, we could do this three or four days a week easily, but well, you, my wife are you, gets are really you still irritable. Working? Are both of you still working? Yeah, yeah we are. Whoa. So, yeah, I'm, matter of fact, I'm a, I'm like a muni worker. I'm a municipal worker and I'm on call. And like at six fifteen, I got a call. I'm like, oh crap, I'm going to have to cancel. I've never had to flake on anybody before, but here we are. Yeah. So, so, um, What's the what's the biggest record you ever made? I mean, is it like Cheap Girls or is it like the like uh, the Lippies or or is it hard to quantify like that? I don't know. I don't think I don't think in terms of like that. Like, well, Cheap Girls were on Aging Man, obviously. Lippies are on right. Red Scare. I mean, have you 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 haven't done anything for Fat? No, uh, maybe I I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think about stuff like that. Let like, me look you so, up. Hold on. <laughs> the thing you should you with, can jack up your prices man yeah, come on I'm not worried about that like as long <laughs> as long as the band is happy and i feel that they sound like they sound i'm pleased like i don't i don't look at 
success that way or like like status wise because then like i feel like morally if i was to start to think of things and like oh i want to do a record for a band that's on fat records then i'm going to make personal decisions that are going to affect the outcome of said band potentially negatively well i don't even mean that like you actively pursuing it but what if if face to face said you know man our records have been sounding too flat with this overproduced sound for the last few years we need a nice raw sounding album you know who's doing great work this guy in grand rapids i mean you're not turning down doing the next face-to-face record right i probably wouldn't turn it down but i probably they wouldn't do it here i'd probably you heard it here first it. kids the new face-to-face record is going to be recorded <laughs> in grand rapids. i've never heard face-to-face before oh i love it fa- i love face-to-face but There's i think the, they're one of those I, bands that are kind of in that homogenized zone yes right so, so you see them live and they have impassioned performances but on the record it's just kind of too you know i think it's the whole digital thing where all the they, highs and lows they want, are they, they want that though. they're probably stoked on that who's you they? Think, you think they even know i mean do you think it's yeah. the band the yeah. label i i don't know they're, i mean have either of you played in bands before yes both, both of, of us, us have but okay. not for a few years do you remember like hearing a recording that you made and just being so stoked on it yes yeah it's that's the same thing like my greatest joy in life is uh there not being like a song doesn't exist and then a song exists and people being excited about that song and i me having a hand in that process is amazing to me you know like where this thing didn't exist and now it does like God molding man <laughs> for the clay of the earth and right. breathing like, life I'm, into it. I'm very well aware that like my involvement in that process is minuscule. <laughs> you know? Well, here's the here's the issue I got with that. Well, it, it is and it isn't. You know, it's like if they don't notice you, you did it right. You know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, okay, okay. So you'll get a band like Good Riddance, right? So Never heard the of first. Them. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, so truth be told, a lot of stuff that was happening in the '90s. I'm not aware of because I there were bands in Muskegon that were very influenced by certain bands and I didn't I felt that if I ignored those bands then I wouldn't my band wouldn't sound like those bands so I like I ignored <laughs> stuff like before recording with Bill Stevenson I never really heard Descendants before truth be told which is real yeah it was this shocking statement it's because this band from muskegon's love the descendants and all so i just ignored it they love the descendants you thought they were dicks so you blamed the yeah. descendants yeah no yeah <laughs> well what so. i what i was gonna say so you don't need to know this band right and actually okay. i'm older than you so i shouldn't know these bands but anyway um <laughs> their first album on fat wreck forgotten country in 95 mm-hmm. it's um angry and impassioned the guitars are way up in the mix and the guitar the vocalist sounds angry they just released one last year thoughts and prayers again on fat wreck everything right. is neutered on it the vocals are way down and he doesn't sound angry i mean i'm sure he's saying very it's impassioned impression though you know yeah. they probably recorded on tape maybe in 95 or at least i don't know i think it's a absolutely absolutely recorded on tape in 95 but i'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying but the, the guitars are massively down in the mix nothing about it sounds angry nothing about it sounds punk rock it just sounds that's that's, that's and 
And that's what we've talked about before, Neil. Back in the old days when you had crappy sound equipment and stuff, the singer always had to really yell. And these old guys don't want to yell. They don't want to rip up their voice anymore. So they have sing a mellow style, and they just crank it up in the mix and Cox put the guitars Bar- Coxbarrow still does it. I mean, Cock the Rejects still do it. A lot of the a lot of bands still do it. I mean, so I'm yeah. not taking that as an excuse. This is, this is done on purpose. I don't know. Purpose. I just noticed that. Like I said, it's that bad religion thing we talked about earlier. Yeah. Where Greg Gaffin doesn't seem to be able to sing like he once did, so they put it up in the mix and just double and triple it, and it, ugh. it's it's Rick, re- it's really frustrating. Next, you should do the next Bad Religion album, if we're being uh, honest. Bill, Bill and Jason did that Goodrin's record. Yeah, that's, well, there you that's go. Surprising. There you go. That's where I'm down. So, so okay. So here here's a here's here's a good one. Yeah. Biggest pain in the ass you ever dealt with in the studio, and the most uh, you don't drink. Dang, I was gonna say most fun you ever had with a band in the studio. Or uh, on tour, uh, or on tour, bands you played okay. with. Okay, uh, biggest pain in the ass is uh, there was this band I don't remember what they were called. It was just like a three song. No, it's <laughs> absolutely true. So when I opened the studio, I was very worried about making rent, and so mm. like the first four months, I was taking every gig I could get. <laughs> and uh, after this gig happened, I decided just to like pump the brakes and only do stuff that I wanted to do. Um, so this band came in and like, they wanted like super hyped and over-processed sound. And like politically we didn't fall, um, on the same spectrum at all. <laughs> uh, and I remember like the guitarist had a, uh, I love science pin, like on his, on his thing, but he had crossed it out like ghostbusters and I was like, whoa, 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 what's up with that pin? And like, he's science. like, I don't believe, I don't believe in science. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wow, like, bold statement. I was like, did you just mean that you you're religious, so you don't believe in like evolution? And he's like, no, I don't believe in any science. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Dude, wouldn't we all fly off the earth? Well, hold on. And you're, crap. And, and and you're in the like, recording studio. Gonna re- yeah, gonna record sound. <laughs> you're. You've been on a, t- a cellular telephone this yes. whole time. Like, he's just being a dick. And, you know, and then it became apparent that, like, us and them are not going to get along. Yeah, they kicked his <laughs> ass out. Gave, <laughs> their th- gave him their three songs and kicked him down the road. We didn't even get to that point. Like, we didn't finish. And then, like, oh, trying to get paid was, like, a hassle. Where they're like, uh, yeah, we didn't he didn't believe, he didn't believe money. in money. So, you know. Yeah. They, well, they didn't bring any money. And I was <laughs> oh, like, oh, God. you know, just mail me a check. You know? And they're like, oh, oh, we don't have a check. You know, we don't have the checkbook. We'll just drive it up. I think they're from Kalamazoo or Lansing. I was like, no, just go to the post office, get, like, a money order, mail it up. And they're like, all right, well, next day. And I was like, no, 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 just put a regular ass stamp on it, mail it up. And uh, then it became a whole thing. And three just... weeks later, they show up with giant bags full of pop cans. Yeah, no, it <laughs> so was you can return well, these. Like, eventually, the, like one of the guys showed up with his dad. I was like, why? Why is your dad coming here? Like, this is it. Just got weird and like. I was just like, after like, that. Yeah, with his dad to pay you or like his dad to yell at you for fleecing his I idiot don't know. kid? I got, super, <laughs> I got super freaked out when I found out the dad was coming. So his dad like, was dressed like, as a wizard. Yeah. I, 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 I hid like random weapons around my space. Like, in case, like was going to get like beat up. Like it turned out fine, whatever. But like after that, I was just like, I'll be a little better at like, you know, like. So you do turn, you'll turn somebody away now. If, if yeah, you don't I think don't, it's a good 
yeah, I don't really do certain stuff. You know, like I don't really do metal. Mm. Uh, There's metal. enough people around town do metal. It's fine. Yeah, and like I've passed projects off, and I've been truthful where I've just been like, yeah, like I don't, I don't do this. Like you're not gonna like me. I'm not gonna like you by the end of this. Like let's just not do it. Like if they're friends, like I will do it. Like I did this record by this guy Damien Masters. The it's called A Pregnant Light. That oh yeah, like, I know, I know like, Damien. Yeah, yeah, it's like black metal. Yeah, like, like weird punk black metal. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, all right, like talk I don't know. Over, talk about overdriven. Whew. Yeah, I don't know anything about this genre, dude. Like, if you're cool with my limited metal knowledge of this, is probably going to try to sound. I'm going to try and make this sound like Master of Puppets Metallica, and we're good. <laughs> you know? What did you, What did you do for him? Which album? Uh, the most recent one I recorded okay. and mixed. I oh, know. I recorded the drums and mixed it. And then he recorded the guitar, bass, and vocals. Okay, he's a, he's definitely a friend of a friend. I mean, I'm friendly with him, but he, he's a good dude. He uh, he plays in a pretty cool hardcore band called Prison Suicide too. Yeah, I recorded, I recorded, I think their entire output as well. Okay, cool, cool. Um, what the hell? Where was I? Where was I going, Neil? I lost uh, my. I lost best, my. Oh, the best. Yeah, yeah. Most fun you had in the studio with somebody. Uh, uh every record is fun. In different ways, you know. Luckily, like I've never. Like I said you don't drink because if you drank, I know it'd been the, like the lippies because those <laughs> they're maniacs. I think you would be shocked at how not drunk the lippies are when the. No, well, yeah. they're yeah, they're making serious records, I guess. Well, like, um, even like, I mean, Taylor might be getting a little, little, little drinks here and there, but like most people, in my experience, they're there to work, you know. Like, yeah, that's like I'm not forbidden anything, but like uh, most people are working. They understand, like, oh, money is involved in this. And, yeah, you're paying by the hour. You wanted to get your stuff done. So, so you also, so you also run. I don't know how, if you always run the sound yourself. Well, I know you don't because I know Christian runs it sometimes. But you are like the main sound guy at the Pyramid Scheme, also. Yeah. Which is, I gotta say, I mean, which I is what Tom explained to all outside it's, of Michigan listeners. Bar. I'm sorry, it's our bar. Okay, so it's 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 downtown Grand Rapids concert venue bar pinball bar. Probably Pinball. one right. of the places I missed the most since we've been shut down. And I wasn't going there a ton because they don't book a lot of Tom shows anymore, if we're being honest. But I still, one of my favorite places to hang out. So um, what? Uh, how about there? Who's the coolest and who's the biggest pain? I'm sure you've had to work with some pains in the asses there. Yeah, so this is easy. The biggest pain in the ass was this band called the Jenna Torturers. Oh, yeah. Uh, Florida. <laughs> the Jenna Torturers played at the Pyramid Scheme? It was very bad. It was yeah, it was bad music. I mean, bad. that was like the worst in the '90s. Yeah, like I didn't know anything about them, and like, there's a lot. It's kind of, of performance art, kind of performance arty, there's, right? Yeah, it's like Marilyn Manson. If Marilyn Manson was a terrible woman, had less talent. Uh, <laughs> and was married man. to Peter Steele, apparently. Really? Uh, yeah, I guess she was married to Peter. Anyways, Who's Peter yeah, Steele? they were bad. He was the bass player for Typo Negative. Okay. You know, the right? big muscular guy played in Carnivore. Yeah, yeah. Type of name very popular, Grand Rapids. They used to pack the orbit room year after year. Yeah, I mean, apparently people were really like, I've never, heard, I've never heard of Grand Rapids is a metal. It. No matter what happens, Grand Rapids is a metal town. Uh, I think Always that's shifting, shifting away. As long as Tom yeah. lives there, it will be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you go to exactly. a lot of metal shows? I don't, well, I don't you know, know a lot of people. Do you, are you, do, you know who John, do you know who John Serb is? Yeah. So John and I have been friends for years and years and okay. years. And when he used to write for Booth newspapers, like he used to write for the Grand Rapids Press, of course, um, 
he used to get tickets for everything. We used to go to every show, every metal That's show. That's awesome. Yeah. When we were young, before we had kids and stuff. I mean, we we used to go to every. So yeah, I went and saw Typo Negative probably five years in a row. Did you see? Like, the white zombie show in Muskegon with the Ramones. The I Super did. And we've, we've talked about that before. We talked, yeah. we talked about that with Rick, Rick Sims, as a matter of fact. Um, I did see that show. That was awesome. amazing. I, yeah. I got to see the Ramones twice. Um, yeah, I saw them. I saw them only that one time. And, okay. Uh, see, we I saw, I the saw them with Social Distortion up at, up at Ferris uh, in 92, oh, which was amazing. Yeah. A little bit before me. But, so, yeah, yeah. Janet Torturers were the worst for so many ridiculous reasons i was hoping you'd say like the swans or something like when swans Swans, uh so i i was at that swan show swans were you not running were you not running sound or so a lot of times like a bigger band like that will have their own sound person oh okay so like i did the opener but then i was on like shit's gonna blow up i know it's gonna blow up Yeah, and it did i was just gonna say it went out power went out it did the but like the P okay. So, <laughs> uh, that's a very common occurrence at a, a swan show. Um, <laughs> it's just like, it's so loud and there's so many amps on stage that it was it's, it's gonna blow up. Like it's just like power is not meant to be utilized that way at a lot of these places. So I can't remember at a certain point, all the guitar amps stop working, and it's because uh, all the guitarists plugged into the same outlet. And so, like, I was on stage when it stopped because, like, I was like, something's going to break. I need to be on the ready to fix it. Uh, <laughs> and there was, like, a, if I remember, like, uh, there was, like, a 20-minute gong solo. Yeah, it was a pretty good, pretty good uh, gap. <laughs> pretty long gong solo and like two notes into when the guitarist hit is when it blew up and like they stop everybody exit the stage and i remember being like so freaked out that michael giro was gonna just yell at me and i was like now like i fixed the problem everything turned back on and i walked backstage and michael giro was like what's the problem and i was like oh all all your guitarists were plugged in the same circuit i don't know who did that uh i plugged them in through different circuits and he was just like good that's what i would have done and i wanted to be like dude you did it though you didn't do that well like, sounds like he's got a great sense of humor huh? yeah are you familiar then, with that you, you gotta know that band right neil i don't know anyone that actually likes that band they fucking suck <laughs> well you know it's funny because i was pretty excited to see him play in grand rapids and if it didn't sell out it was really close it was a big but i mean the place it was, it was sold out people. i could not believe it sold out see people it wasn't it was like to you say know, it was probably like a it's, well, but here's, it's an here's experience a, of like, it is, have you ever it seen is. Jucifer? It's kind of like a similar thing, but with better songs. Uh, um, and like, better songs is in quotations. Like, I enjoy sonically what swans are doing. I like um, and like, it's interesting how they've gone about being a band to me. But I can understand where somebody would hate swans. And just be like... What is going on here? Yeah, this little dark, pretentious. You know, yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent right. pretentious. All right, yeah. one of those ones that people like to talk about, but no one actually likes to listen to. Right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, four hundred yeah. people in a town of two hundred thousand showed up. Um, so who is the who is the unexpected one that you're like, man, this is the cool. These guys are the coolest. This is the coolest band. I I, I wish I could hang out with them all the time. The band The Coup. Are you familiar with The Coup? No. Never I, uh, have you? So there's this hip hop band called The Coup. 
Did oh, either of you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did either of you see that movie? Sorry to bother you. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the lead singer of the Coup wrote and directed that film. Okay. Uh, Did he star? So also, or just no, he just no, no, no. Okay. He just wrote and directed it. So the Coup have played Grand Rapids three times. I think I've worked all three of the shows. They're like tick all the boxes of like. They're a, a political hip hop group that kind of sounds like Parliament Funkadelic. I'm like, well, they yeah, have a live, live full live band, right? Full live band. It's all in yeah. Boots. The lead singer, the main guy, is an Boots amazing Cal- frontman. Yeah, okay. Boots Riley. Yeah, Boots Riley. Amazing. Like I didn't know what I was getting myself into, and like that first show with them was just like, this is amazing. This is the <laughs> best. So, and like he's in that band, the Night Marchers, with uh, Tom Morello. Oh, and uh, he, big big name. Uh, you, you'd love this club. You'd love this club, Neil. You when you get up when you get up here, we'll go. We'll check what it out. places in Chicago do you usually go to to see shows, Neil? Uh, Beat Kitchen is probably my favorite. Yeah, it's um, and it's in shockingly, it's. I think they modeled it loosely after Beat Kitchen, where there is a front huh. bar in the back venue performance yeah. area. Yeah, it's separated. I love the uh, I love Reggie's in Chicago. That's probably yeah, my Reggie's favorite place. But yeah, I like, I like. I've been to Cobra Lounge, but I've never been to a show there. I would like to go to a show there. Yeah, it's Cobra, cool. Cobra Lounge is great for show. And I actually saw you guys at Subterranean when you did one of the Christmas shows. Oh, like, oh right on. Was it like uh, last year my, or two years that's ago? My, I think like the past three years we've done a sub yeah. to. That's it was my least favorite venue in oh, it, Chicago. It's though. a it's a complete fire trap. It's a be a death trap. If that place set on fire, <laughs> everybody in there would die. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, but it's uh, interesting for show because it's so small and it's such a weird. Uh, the way it's set you up usually is so hang weird. out upstairs. I do. I normally up. hang out upstairs. Yeah, which again is even more of a death trap because if the fire started <laughs> right. downstairs, I'd, you might as well just kill yourself. It's one of America's worst load-ins. <laughs> no shit. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet that's got to be yeah. a nightmare. Yeah, I I saw it the year you guys played with Teenage Bottle Rocket and the Crombies. Don't okay, know if you remember yeah. that one? I think that was like two or three yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna corral this thing, corral this thing back around. What? We were going to, we we're going to play. Um, you picked another song, Rick. What song, What other songs you played? Do you remember? It was yeah, like a random. It's a Dead Milkman song, the Chaos Theory, off is, the record. Stony's Extra Stuff. Is that is that really what you want to listen to? Yeah. Dead Milkman, <laughs> Dead Milkman so the customer's are, always like, right. You know, let him play his song. Like Dead Milkman are the legitimate, my legitimate favorite band. Oh ever. well, there and you I'm, go. I guess I can't I'm argue then. We're gonna come back uh, and we're. One thing that I may regret, we saved this for last, but we'll see. Okay. All right, so this is going to be Chaos Theory by the Dead Milkman.
All right. From the Stoney's Extra Stout album, kind of past their what you can what I would consider their prime years, but that's all right. So I feel like okay. So their prime years is that first record, first and second record. There are like so Joe the the whinier singer, the non Joe Jack no. Yeah, Joe Gennaro is one of America's greatest living songwriters that you would never uh that just gets overlooked because he's in a joke rock band, you know. So like a lot of stuff on the two records they put on on Hollywood records are amazing. Amazing. Like when they were trying to transition to Joe being the lead singer, it's very, very good. I got to tell you, I think their last two records, which were The King in Yellow and uh, Party Music for Party People or something, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that last record. The See, King I'd in like Yellow. Both, though. The King in Yellow is amazing. Sad. See, yeah, The yeah, King in Yellow is so a, good. Is a Bittersweet record, but I like those two. Neil's not a big fan, but yeah, it's okay. So, I understand so, that everything isn't for everybody. Yeah, exactly. listen. You well, gotta take like it, said, if you don't take older, it seriously, why should I take it seriously? The older, the older yeah. we get, the more we hate yeah. things, not people, but things. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Last but not least, you are a fellow podcaster, and I think we we need to talk to more fellow podcasters because we have no idea what we're doing. We're we're we are a sure complete we aim. We're a complete amateur hour. Well, anyway, I, I mean, he keeps we have putting fun, me down over here. What the hell is he doing? <laughs> All right, sorry. I mean, to be fair, my podcast is run exactly how this podcast is being run. <laughs> well, Neil, you know what you know what you're doing, Neil. I don't. Um, so, um, I mean, on the technical, I'm not attacking like the technical aspect of it. I'm just anyway. I just think it's interesting to talk to other podcasters. So, why don't you tell us about your podcast? You originally told me what you're doing a podcast on, and I kind of shook my head and smiled like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool." And then I went and Googled what the hell you were talking about because I had no idea. So, why don't you tell us about your tell us what so, you do, who, you, who you do it with? Because I'm actually more excited about who you do it with than what you do it about. But that's all right. Go ahead. So, I do a podcast with two other people, and it's a podcast about this. Canadian melodrama called Degrassi Junior High or Degrassi High and then it went on to a movie and then this other program called Degrassi Next Generation and Degrassi Next Class. So is uh, that on now? The Next Class on now? No, Next Class was a Netflix show. I mean, oh, okay. I don't know how much Degrassi talk you want to talk about, but I, I don't, I'm just a little, just a little bit. Okay. Uh, I, don't want the, I don't want the, I want the, the cliff notes. Okay. So, so I'll get into that. But so the podcast I do is with this woman named Hannah Eagle. And then most notably is this other guy named Mike Park, who runs the record label Asian Man Records. It was in Skank and Pickle. And, and essentially he wrote a song called I'm in Love with a Girl Named Spike. Uh, that was on a record called Sing Along with Skank and Pickle. And when I was and kind of getting the into name of the That's the name of the podcast. That's the name of the podcast is I'm in Love with a Girl Named Spike. Okay. And, uh, and I found that record that that song was on when I was kind of getting into the ska records in the nineties. And I was like, Oh, like I love that show Degrassi junior high, Degrassi high. Like I would watch it on PBS as a, like a 12 or 13 year old. And, uh, which was like right after it stopped, the original series stopped airing. Um, and then, you know, becoming friends with Mike Park later in life, uh, he posted something on Instagram and I was like, we should do a Degrassi podcast. And so we did. We've done it. We're on our 80th episode this week. We've just completed the entire series, and now we're on to like half of the movie. The first half of the so you, movie. So you break it down? Like, do you cover an episode? Or, you know, an episode it's, it's like, like an episodic. 
but like and it's just like us talking about the episodes basically and then life stuff um and then we've done a lot of cast interviews also so that's cool eventually so the woman that plays the character spike mike has a pretty amazing story where like he on an early skank and pickle tour came to toronto and like he was in london the day london ontario the day before and somebody was like this woman who plays spike her, her name is amanda stepto she works at this place in toronto some store in toronto at this place called kensington market and kensington market is like this open market with like hundreds of shops and so Mike had a day off. They went to Toronto and he went to every shop looking for Amanda Stepto and eventually like landed on a, at a head shop. And he thought this woman working at the head shop was Amanda. And then it turns out it wasn't, but she did work there. And so he gave this person a flyer. He's like, my band's playing at this club. Give this to Amanda I'll put her name on the guest list if she wants to go. And she showed up and then they've been friends ever since. And so like through Mike's friendship, we've gotten some access to some of the cast members. Um, and so it's been great. Like I've been talking to people that I never thought I would talk to. It's been uh, pretty, my 14 year old mind is blown every time. So yeah. Well, I think I put Tom to sleep. Well done. <laughs> well done, Rick. <laughs> No, I snuck out again. So, do you have to pee again? Dude, I believe in keeping well hydrated. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Got to get you some fucking depends. So it's it's just it's it's I you know, I think the thing that impresses me about this podcast idea, which I have never seen the show, I don't I've never even heard of the show, I know nothing about it, but it's so laser focused. Well, I, yeah, if, I I did actually see that in the mid. I mean, that would be like it'd be like if that. Neil and I said, "Okay, you, you, we're going to do a punk." It. It'd be like if Neil and I did a punk podcast and said, "All we're going to talk about is Buzzcocks." That would I mean, be fine. I'd be, I'd be good with it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. But yeah, we're going to talk about the. Uh, no, we'll talk about other... an English old English TV show called Grange Hill, which was basically the same thing. This started <laughs> in like eighty one. So this is not the. Mm, Neil, you said you saw the grass. I did. Yeah, back in the mid '80s when I first moved here. Apparently, it was huge in England. No, I I was here. I I came. came, Yeah, I came here in '85. Yeah, so I I saw it here. Yes, sir. Neil, I had a I I had a friend who just listened to us for the first time recently, and he said, he said I didn't know Neil was from England. I thought he was from New Jersey or something. Oh, for fuck's sake. I, I knew you'd like that. Yeah, I, I've I've had everything in my time from New Zealand to freaking yeah South Africa. Uh, yeah, whatever. I've just been here a long time, is all. But, I mean, so, after talking to you for almost two hours, you totally have a Liverpool accent. So, so tell me about the tell, tell tell me about the skate thing. Tell me about uh, tell me about what what you like to skate and. Uh... Um, oh, I should have waited for this point to go pee. Yeah, you so... should say. <laughs> Um, I used to skate a lot of street when I was younger just because it was easily accessible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, got pretty good. Had, like, a shop sponsor at a, a certain point um, where I would, you know, get, a, like, a deck a month or something like that. Uh, and then as I got older, I just transitioned to transitions. Of course, um, yeah. You do the old man uh, bowl, yeah. Yeah, and, like, still, like, pretty good, you know, but, like, at, 
there used to be a really good indoor skate park in Grand Rapids that went under, and after that, it became a little more difficult for me to skate. You know. So, oh, you talk about the place with the big indoor park where the mall. Yeah, was. modern. Yeah, yeah. center. Yeah. Uh, and so, did like, the one they, in Detroit, did the one in Detroit go out too? I mean, is no, it totally it's still gone? there. It's still oh, there. Okay. Like a bunch of my old old man skate friends got the ramps for modern. Like, I think we paid like the mall like a thousand dollars. And then for like a month, we had access to the skate park as we were like tearing it apart. Hmm. So cool. So well, I know where all the ramps are. Do they have a lot of concrete up there? Do you have any concrete uh, parks? No, not in West. In what? So for me to skate something like great, I have to go to Grand Haven, which is like a 35 minute car ride. Uh, um, so it's like a chore kind of, uh, and it, the bowl is not that great. Hmm. Um, but like, so do you still skate? I did. Um, I know I normally skate the Northern suburbs. I skate like Northbrook or Deerfield yeah, up here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and Deerfield actually just got torn down. They built a new park. Team Payne came in and built a new park, but actually, um, Tom actually really helped me out. I, I shattered my wrist last, last oh, Memorial day. Oh. Um, and uh, Tom came down and uh, put in my air conditioners for me. What a nice guy. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, you, it was. Do you know my friend Nick Numidor? Nick Humidor, who smokes a lot of cigars? Nick, <laughs> Nick, Nick Numidor. He, he does this thing called, like, Pardon My Thrashing in Chicago. Hmm. I think he has, like, a couple, like, lockouts, like, access to a couple lockout private spaces. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I love people say to me, "Oh yeah, you should meet this guy. Yeah, he's you know he's an old skater like you." And then I'll meet these guys, and they're twenty years younger than me. And I he is definitely I, he's definitely twenty years younger than you. And However, I have nothing in common like, with him at all. He's he's like of the like the like his probably favorite skater is like nineteen eighty seven era Mike Vallely. Okay. Uh, so like. I think he might be a black be flag more... singer too. I bet, right? Yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <You know, laughs> sorry. Yeah. I got to contribute where I can here. I'm pretty much out in the yeah. cold on this conversation. First time but, I for, Nick, first time yeah, I saw Nick Mike. First time I saw yeah. Mike was at a con was at a contest in 1986. He was probably about 12, and he had oh, "I Love Alyssa Milano" on his grip tape. <laughs> <laughs> it was he doing like. All the Mike Vallely moves. Like no, that. it was bef- it was before that. Um, yeah. He was. I tell you what, though, he had he brought a bunch of kids into the hotel and they wrecked the hotel. So that oh, wasn't that wasn't cool. So um, yeah, <laughs> that was in Ohio. That was in yeah. Dayton. That was in Dayton, Ohio, actually. Okay. At the old Surf yeah. Ohio contest. Yeah, there's there's so many good skate spots in Ohio now. Like in the in like Columbus area. I don't know if you've been back over there. Like. Grove City Park is amazing. Like, yeah, it's it's wild. Like I, like I, in the past four years, I've kind of slowed down a little bit, but like for a while, going on tour, it was just like, all right, soundcheck's done. I'm you know right. I'm riding my skateboard to a park. Like if, no, like, yeah. If if it was like my limit was like if it's four miles away, I'll go. Wow. You know? Yeah. Did you ever see the um, site Skate in Annoy? Or the zine, yeah, you ever, you yeah, no skate, yeah. Okay, well, that, that, that's love... that's me. And, that's me and Randy. Oh, really? Yeah, amazing. You love that's what? Awesome. What were you gonna I say? I love to you? eBay Watch. That was me. That's you. That's me. Oh, oh my gosh, we officially out, have a love. <laughs> that's amazing. Like, it's yeah. so good. That like, was me. That was. I was. I'm so happy right now. 
Yeah. It's it's all making sense. <laughs> it's all coming together. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That, yeah. I that was like when RSS feeds were a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like that was my favorite part of whenever that would go up. We'd be like, All right, I got twenty minutes to learn about the banality of Wait, like, you might have to bring that back, dude. No, nah, dude, it was too now. much it was too much like hard work, I tell you what. And then you'd always get some dick. How much how much time did you devote to that like the ebay watch oh easy 20 30 hours a month that's um yeah it seemed because it was monthly right yeah it was monthly it was monthly for a while I did it for like 15 years the yeah i like i remember because i googled i wanted to start like buying old boards i had mm-hmm. and i think i used that as like oh this is unattainable for me to do yeah. this <laughs> yeah, like, a lot, of, a lot of my stuff too was like short run 90s popsicles that uh like never survived oh yeah because you know, they, they'd make so few of them yeah 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 huh. it, super short runs yeah that's funny so that's what do you skate now i mean i mean the, what are the odds yeah right <laughs> i was i was hoping when i said skating annoy that he would that he would say oh yeah well, i used to, it, I used to watch ebay watch you know yeah yeah it's totally. funny i need to you know when every Every guest, because Neil has a hard time getting excited about guests, I just need to tell him you skate. Every, <laughs> every time we book a guest that skates, I just need to tell him you skate, because that's what gets him, gets his blood boiling. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm so, I'm so stoked. It's like I'm always pleasantly surprised with life's connections. Of like, there you go, made well, my night. You know, this made my always, night. I that's always cool. make the joke like in Midwest punk. There's always like there's everybody's like three degrees separated from each other. Oh yeah, you know, everybody yeah, knows even, somebody who knows somebody. I didn't even think about like oh that you're from well, that you live in Illinois and that's where Skate Illinois was from. Like it didn't even cross my mind. Well, Skate Illinois, like I see uh, the the other guy I did it with in Cold War as well, Randy. Um, we met yeah. down in Champaign at U of I. Okay, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and he lives in he lives in Portland now. So did you go to U? Did you go to that college? I was an exchange student down at U of I for a year. Okay. Yeah, that's how I got to the States the first time. So, geography. Champagne's in the middle, right? Champagne's right in the middle of the state, yeah. What's Carbondale is what I was thinking of. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Carbondale is, I think that's, is it Easton, I think? Yeah, I I, I went down there to see the Violent Femmes in like 81, no, 83 or something, yeah. Cool, yeah. I played a lot of weird shows in Champagne at that college. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah, because like colleges always have that thing where like the entertainment committee is gonna hire a band. Yep. Then they're gonna pay that band way too much money, and so yep. like bands and nobody always... might show up, but it doesn't really matter because you get paid yeah. whether they'll show up or not. Like, I remember one one time playing in Beloit with Bomb the Music Industry, where we played with that rap band Das Racist. To song, I never heard of it. Never heard of it, but you, you've heard you've heard the song combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Have you ever heard that song? I no, don't sir. think so. No. Uh, no, look it up; it's great. But we played with Das Races. Oh. I just remember just being like, "We're getting paid so much money." What was How the name? What was the name of the band? Das Racist, D A S Racist. So like that. Basically, it's like <laughs> slang for that's racist. But it's I mean, were they black? They must have been black. Oh, right? that's racist. Okay, I thought you was. It was yeah, th- I thought it was yeah. a German band, and they were called that's no, racist. They, das you said they were a rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I mean, no white guys would run around a band called Das Racist. Right? It's a screwdriver yeah, cover band. Like a very popular song called Pizza Hut 
Taco combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. They also had another song called Michael Jackson, where like I think the hook is Michael Jackson, one million dollars. Do you hear me? Holla is the hook. They're wow. very good. It's very like tongue in cheek. I mean, I... It's great. <laughs> but I was just like, I knew how much Bob the music industry was getting paid. And then I was just like, there's no way Das Racist is getting paid that. They gotta be getting paid something crazy to hmm. play this show. So wow. Well, I talked about, Neil, a couple weeks ago, I talked about going to see Elvis Hitler play at the Eberhard Center at Grand Valley State University and how everybody came to see the college opener and then everybody left and there was so few people that we helped the band load out. <laughs> so, But they were getting paid. They didn't care. You know, it was a yeah. good gig. No, it's, yeah. but it, those are always like, how did you make that work? Cause like, imagine you, now if, if a college campus booked a band called Elvis Hitler, they'd be screaming in the, oh God, they'd be screaming banned, in yeah. the quads. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fuck yeah, they would. There'd be fucking yeah, demonstrations and shit. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Skinny Puppy or KMFDM also played Grand Valley State University at a certain point too. Like I saw I saw NXS in the field house. Oh, that's so insane. Years ago. I'm trying to think what else. I'm you know, not not that many they they never really got a ton of great shows, but like in the sixties when they were like a hippie college, like when there was Thomas Jefferson University, I think they used to get some cool stuff. Yeah, like my Bob dad, my dad right? booked the MC5 in Muskegon at the Muskegon Community nice. College. Hey, little little fun fact. You probably know this, Rick. Most famous person ever born in Muskegon. Rick Johnson. Just had his birthday. Iggy <laughs> also Pop. just had his Iggy birthday. Pop. No, Iggy Pop. Yep, Iggy, Iggy Pop. Pop. Born in Muskegon, yep. Oh, he was? Yeah. Interesting. I, I never tell people exactly where I am because it's a small town and nobody knows anyway. But once in a while, I'll throw out the bone to, for people if they want to triangulate that I live in the birthplace and hometown of Del Shannon. Right away. Yep. For a while, that McDonald's and Cooper's. Yeah, it was, a, like a, it was a rock. Oh, you gave away my secret. Yeah, it was rock and roll McDonald's. <laughs> oh, we used to have one of those in Chicago, too. It's gone now. Yeah, but... yeah. yeah. We sang about it. It was great. Yeah, it's gone now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, we have gone so far off track here. All right, I'm, I, I, that's did it. A, I did a short tour with Wesley Willis, and it was amazing. Did you really? Yeah. My my kids love like to go on YouTube and like play like Batman. I whoop Batman's ass. You know that song? It I was whoop Batman's ass. It's a great song. Like, it was like almost pre-internet, so like I had seen him. Like it was like we were like the like my old band was direct support, and like wow. and a, like it, like I didn't know I didn't how know big he, he was. Tour at all. I mean, they yeah. must have to just like corral him around, right? Yeah, it was like a band would be hired to be his handler, and uh, <laughs> like he, w- it was insane how large. Are you familiar like, with Willis Neal or not? Oh right? yeah, no, he's yeah lo- local of Chicago. Yeah, I, they've still got his yeah, picture up at Reggie's on the wall. Yeah, yeah. When I he like I had like a like a big pen drawing he did for me, and uh, like when I first moved to Grand Rapids, I couldn't find a job and I sold it. I feel real bad about oh. selling it. <laughs> it's probably under somebody's but, couch now or something. Uh, it's probably in some doctor's office. Like <laughs> his art is super expensive now. Is it? Yeah, yeah. he's can't, not gonna make any more. Yeah. This is I tell you, this is really careened off the tracks. And and so our longest episode to this point was what, like two hours and eleven minutes? Neil? No, that was the guy. It was the guy from uh, from. Jeez, um, why am I blanking? Oh, Matt from the river. No, it was it was Todd, wasn't it? Wasn't it Todd Evans from Guar? Oh, Todd Evans from Guar. You've forgotten anyway, that one, haven't you? Put that one out of your memory because you <laughs> it went so push, far off the tracks. Pushing the limits, the length limits. When we first started doing this, we're like, oh, we want to do an hour. You know, people commute to work; they can let's do it one trip to work. But and at first, people were bitching about how long they were. But now they're like, 
give us more. We sit home. Yeah, we sit home all day. I actually, you know, I actually do have a real question. Um, So, with you being in like a real band as well, I mean, you know, a big band, you know, a well-known band. um, What your stuff is up on iTunes, on Spotify, and stuff like that. So, I mean, do you actually make any money from from being streamed through iTunes or Spotify or whatever, or is it really Uh, like pennies uh, a year? Uh, I there's a lot of inside baseball. I don't want to really talk about it because, like, with Mustard Plug, I'm a small piece of that puzzle gotcha. as far as like the back you don't have catalog. A lot of songwriting credits. Well, the way that Mustard Plug works is that everything that I'm involved, every record that I'm in, is split up equally one oh, six. Okay. Um, uh, to let's just say that there's a point of contention with the label and the street streaming rights right now okay. that will not get resolved and it's a situation where like potentially they the record contract that they signed is not favorable to the future basically hmm. um but i'll leave it at that well but, it, but is, the it, is, it... is that the guys are pretty honest about the fact that the the whole and you're talking about the hopeless stuff i assume yeah. that they weren't kind of young and naive when they went into that and it wasn't maybe yeah. the best it wasn't the best deal well, the problem is, I think the contract has where music distribution is now is not. Uh, oh, it's set up in the old model, basically. Yeah, 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 and like, well, yeah, yeah, and like, honestly, that it has nothing to do with me, so I can't really comment on yeah. it. I do know yeah. that. Like, I was just, I was just wondering if it was like jump change or whether it was like whether you can actually make a living at it. When we had, when we had Rick Sims on. You know the the reason the reason Rick Sims is might be best known is he wrote a song that the Offspring covered and it sold 14 million copies and he gets six and a half cents a copy so he, he made gets a lot six of money. A copy. But I wasn't going to ask him exactly dollars and cents. What I say? Well, you know, when you get your check, is it you know go to Applebee's money or is it car payment money or is it what? And he said what it was. And yeah, he, he told us almost, exactly. <laughs> made almost nine hundred thousand dollars for writing an album track, not even a hit for that's now. That's now. Well, no, it was from the Smash album. Yeah, it was, that, it was off that huge Offspring album. But it's yeah, so yeah, even at six and a half cents a song, mechanical royalties yeah. with the quantity of copies it sold, he's paid nine hundred thousand. So, like stuff that I'm involved with, um, specifically with Mustard Plug, is not revenue uh, revenue groundbreaking. We'll say so. so like my last little, little check, it's better than nothing. But you're not. You're, it's not changing your lifestyle. No, and like it's. Cons- it's <laughs> I remember I didn't know anything about that stuff when I joined that band and I was like, Woo, like let's get BMI. I get mechanical royalties, what's that? And like it's decreased every year. Like like to the point where it's just like I got a royalty check recently from Mustard Plug and I was like, Oh, I think it's gonna be this amount and then it was considerably less and I was like, Oh boy. <laughs> Like, yeah. this is how this is going to go now. That's cool. And, like, the weird thing is, like, when I joined Mustard Plug, as far as money in music goes, it was, like, the Wild West of, like, MP3 sharing. And, like, I remember the last record I record- released with my old, my other band, Wack Trucks, we made a decent amount, like, a decent amount of money for an independent band selling it yourself, where mm-hmm. we were able to go on tour and sustain ourselves. But you got to uh, keep all of it. Yeah, we got to keep all of it. And then, like, the first record I did with Mustard Plug, I was very excited just for, like, to see, like, my record in a store, you know? Yeah. And then I was working at Circuit City in the music department. I remember the day that... On Alpine? Rec- 
Uh, the one on Twenty Eighth Street. Okay. I remember the day that that record came out. I was super excited because I was going to unbox my record to sell at the store. It just never came in. Yeah, <laughs> right. like, oh, okay. It was going to be okay. probably CD that era, right? Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, they yeah. had vinyl. If they did, it was no. very limited. Yeah, we pressed the vinyl for that record ourselves. Oh. Um, but the I remember just being like, oh, like, you know, like, Hopeless said one thing, and that's not how that's going to be, so that's fine, you know? So, hey, how, well, did, you, how, how did you spell Wack Tracks? That your recent W-A-C-K, show? like Mac, but with a W. But there was, like, Evildoers Beware represses at, like, the Christmas show. I assume that's that's on Hopeless still, right? I mean, that, that's a Hopeless yeah, press. I mean, so yeah. that stuff, I think, there's only three people on that record that are still in the band, so I think they do pretty well from that. But, again, I, I don't know. I Department. It's not my thing. I don't. And you're not ask. complaining. It's just not your. It's just not your. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not. Your, it's not. not it's not my stuff. quote unquote problem. Yeah. Basically. I mean, it's one of those things. I never like asking people. I would never ask anybody about money directly, just because I don't know. I came from that generation where you just didn't do it. You know what I mean? Right. I, I don't want to put anybody on the spot as far as that goes. No. So, I, was, yeah, I, just, I was. I was just wondering if it was. If it was at all worthwhile? Because yeah. Yeah. Horror stories of bands making like so, you know ten cents and shit like that out of you know from well, they, like hundred thousand plays. The thing is, and with the hopeless stuff is, and the thing that bands have learned over the years because they don't make so much money anymore from the labels is, you don't give away your masters. You know what I mean? You uh, retain, yeah, but the problem you retain the ownership of your music. The problem is, is like hopeless or a label of that size isn't going to allow you to do that. Oh, when so, you're a young band, you're so excited to be signed to this label, you right. don't have the wherewithal probably. And like this isn't me ragging out of hopeless because they're all nice and i have a good friend that works there but yeah, like anything about like now like a label like that is gonna do like a 360 deal you know where they're getting uh, money from everything and like do you need that label to promote your record like can you do that promotion yourself like i don't know I don't know either. <laughs> Everything's changed since I was a kid. I don't even recognize. You come on punk till I die and we push yeah, it and don't act, talk about act, it act. at all. We I'm, talk about I'm something completely different. Hundreds of plays on this record. Yes. Exactly. Yes. It's going to be well, amazing. You know, we're, counting on the, we're counting on the Rick Johnson appeal to really take us to the next level. So, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, everybody worked, wants something. It's worked out so much. So exactly. well. Everybody yeah. wants something out of this. But hey, you know what? Anyway, I, I'm going to wrap it up. That's it. I'm calling it, Neil. I'm oh. putting a fork in. I had, I had like 10 more questions. I know you did, but no, I'm going to do it anyway because we're, like, we're like we got, two hours. We got, we got five minutes before we've he, been the longest. He wants to break the record. No, we haven't put the, the, the songs. Yeah, we haven't remember. put the songs in yet. Oh, but... We haven't done it. We broke the record. <laughs> I feel so good. So, but it, so yeah, it, anyway, it was, it was a real pleasure to talk to you. I got the Thanks. impression that you would be able to roll with us and, uh, you know, basically you know be able to join us in losing track of what we're talking about over the course of a, a couple hours and kind of wander around in the darkness so yeah 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 say hi the next time i i've realized that as i as i meet people that i might come off as intimidating in real life when i'm like working ah, <laughs> so like, like say hi when you yeah me. yeah like, I'll wait till like the band's playing. You look like you're really concentrating on the board and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just start sloshing like, beer up on the on the board <laughs> at the beer. Well, like I said, I know we I know we have a ton of mutual friends. So I was gonna say I'll buy you beer next time I see you. But if you're not a drinker, that's fine. You can buy me one. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I have un- I basically have unlimited free drinks at pyramid scheme well and and, and and you know if Jeremy's in the right kind of mood, I can do pretty well myself. <laughs> that's awesome. But, yeah. There's uh, like a shift drink 
tally at pyramid scheme so like every shift you work you get a free drink and underneath my name is just an infinity symbol nice so so the picture of you the picture of you on uh on discogs like next Uh, to your name has got a picture of you in a devo t-shirt that's you i assume that's me yeah and is that is that is that your studio that's the that Cold is. War. Okay, yeah, yeah. Looks, looks nice. It's... Got a big, got a big stand-up bass in the corner and stuff. Oh, that's right. that's not me. That's this band. This guy named Sean Neely from Grand Rapids is in this band called the Sailor Kicks. Oh yeah, yeah. I got a seven-inch. They uh, split the deal with the Mushman. Yeah, they psychobilly band. I'll buy. No, no, they're kind of like a weird ska hybrid with a ukulele. Oh dear. All right. Enough. Enough said. <laughs> Oh, come on. Open your old mind, Neil. No, I don't want comedy so, bands. What, what, what am I, uh, no, Tiny no, Tim? So Was it Tiny Tim? But, you know, Lippies use ukulele. There's no comedy there. They ain't Tiny Tim. Tip throws you the tulips. Good old Tiny Tim. Yeah. All right. On that you. note. <laughs> on that, that killed the podcast. That note, <laughs> that, you should play that, Neil. It's just sick. That should be our, that should be our last song. I am. I'm going to play Tiptoe Through the Tulips. Yep. You got hey, it. Thanks so much for coming on, Ricky. I, I had yep. a good time. I hope yeah. you did, too. And I hope... You know that somehow this helps to promote your record. Yeah. <laughs> see, what, see what happens. Yes, be great. Punk till I die seventy seven at gmail dot com and punk till I die podcast on Facebook. Yep. Well, it was a pleasure, pleasure meeting you, Rick. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you everybody. for hanging with us, yeah, buddy. Same. We'll, yep. we'll see you later. All right. Bye, everybody.